Hey, what's going on, folks? Happy to have you here on a Wednesday night in October in New York. So much to do. So much to do tonight on the 26th of October. It's Wednesday Wednesday evening on Quite Frankly. This is the pre-show. And I would just like to give you a little bit of an insight of insight on uh, as to what's going to be on the menu tonight. We have our good friend Jay Gulanello stopping by, and I'm going to be doing some. We have to in the first in the first hour talk about some of these debates, especially since uh, the uh, one of the two major debates everybody was watching yesterday had to do with our home state of New York. Between the Beaver Demon and um, and Lee Zeldin, and then you had that really odd that odd matchup in Pennsylvania between the uh, the Gollum, the biblical Gollum, and um, and then the other guy, the, te- the the television liberal. I mean, it's just two libs going at it with each other. Um, so it, there's nothing there. It was a little bit more of a freak show. And it actually dragged a lot of odd, uncomfortable levels of sympathy out of me. But I, maybe that's what they're going for, a sympathy vote for this Fetterman guy, even though I don't know why they're putting him through this. We'll get to that in a second, though. I want to thank all of our sponsors and friends on the affiliates page tonight on QuiteFrankly.tv. In fact, our guest in the studio tonight, Jay, has his uh, his website uh, it, the, it rests right there on the affiliates page as well, perpetualhealth.co. But go and check out Blue Monster Prep, uh, Secret Nature CBD, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. That is a gold, physical gold and silver supplier, even IRAs that you can do, all physical. No paper, none of that stuff. Get into the real shit and... Um, Oh, there's so much more. There's cigars. There's there's botanical magic chocolate. There's just so much. Go check out the affiliates page and start Christmas shopping, if not shopping for yourself. Put together pa- packages for friends. That's what you got to do. And in the next couple of days, I'm going to have a major, quite frankly, coffee announcement. I will actually have a customized cigar wrap sometime soon too. So if you're just going, if you're the type that likes to give out little care packages to people for for Christmas, boom. We're going to have everything you need. We have, we're going to even have woodworking. It's going to be so good. This is great. Great, great stuff coming your way. All right. Well, with that being said, let's go into the grab bag a little bit. And bef- I'll make sure I bring Jay into the mix when we start talking about the debates. But I had a, uh, one or two things I wanted to do on top of all of that. And here's where we're going to start. On the post-millennial... Daryl Brooks found guilty of intentional homicide plus 61 other counts. I think it was six counts of first-degree murder and then 61 counts of reckless endangerment. And uh, he's just guilty, and I am couldn't be happier. But then again, whatever, one animal gone. Uh, on Wednesday morning, the jury found Daryl Brooks guilty of six counts of intentional homicide, including a child. 61 counts of reckless endangerment, six counts of hit and run, two counts of bail jumping, and one count of battery in connection with the Waukesha Christmas Parade last year, where Brooks drove his SUV through the crowd. I'm sure, um, I'm sure his uh, his life purpose has been reached at this point. But uh, after a circus in court representing himself, whatever 
good luck to you in prison, you you foul animal. Because I, I I'm pretty sure that Wisconsin does not have the death penalty, so we're gonna we're gonna have to keep feeding them. Anyway, here is something else. Here's something else that we have going on that I think everybody should pay attention to. Zero Hedge, major fuel supplier on code red as diesel crisis hits southeast. Diesel suppliers are very scarce across the northeast and in in the southeast. Supplies are at the lowest seasonal level for this time of year, and the U.S. only has 25 days left of industrial fuel in storage. The crisis gripping the diesel market appears to be getting out of hand as one fuel supply logistics company initiated emergency protocols this week. Quote, because conditions are rapidly devolving and market economics are changing significantly each day, Mansfield is moving to alert level four to address market volatility. Mansfield is also moving the south, uh, the southeast to code red, requesting 72-hour notice for deliveries when possible to ensure fuel and freight can be secured at economical levels, Mansfield Energy wrote in an update to customers on Tuesday. The trucking firm has a fleet of tankers that delivers refined fuel products to more than 8,000 customers nationwide. Mansfield said in many areas on the East Coast, diesel fuel prices are 30 to 80 cents higher than the posted market average because supply is tight. At times, carriers are having to visit multiple terminals to find supply, which delays deliveries and strains local trucking capacities, the notice continues. This can mean that U.S. diesel market is so tight that supplies are running very low in certain areas. The crisis has sent supplies of the industrial fuel that power the economy from trucks to vans to generators to freight trains to tractors to the lowest level ever for this time of year. The latest EIA data shows that there are only 25 days of diesel left in the supply, the lowest since 2008. And while inventories are record low, the four-week rolling average for distillates supplied, a proxy for demand, rose to its highest seasonal level since 2007. Now, I just got to say, because I saw I saw the um, the addresses today, or at least a clip of the, an address from that uh, that Muppet from the from the White House, Joe Biden, he was uh, wanted to tout that gas prices are going down. Well, everybody's dipping into their reserves, and we are flooding the market with all these strategic reserves for oil now. So you think about the timing of all this and think about that letter that we got from the Saudis uh, about a week or two ago uh, concerning the what is apparent behind-the-scenes begging or coercing or bribing or something that's going on between the um, the federal government and the Saudis and other OPEC countries, please do not cut your supplies. Do not cut your production. Please wait at least a month until the midterms are over. They're, they're, they're dying on the vine anyway. I don't know what, what they're going to do with certain races, how they're going to pull off wins where they don't deserve it. But um, they're dying on the vine because people know what it's costing them to fill up their gas tank, what it's costing them to put food on the table, how they're not saving as much as they were, if at all. Uh, they know this going on. So what they're doing in the, in the couple of weeks leading up to the election now is they're dumping so much more of what we had as emergency supplies of fuel into the economy so that there is a very short brief but noticeable dip in gasoline prices per gallon 
to make it seem like there's something good happening there because we certainly aren't providing our own energy to ourselves. We're not independent in, at all. They could, they could do that, of course, but that would be a way of maintaining America's sovereignty, and we know what the real goal here is to do with the country. Um, so as a, an immediate measure, they're dipping into emergency supplies to make it seem like Democrats are doing something good for people at the gas pump and then when that all dries out and the midterms are over, it'll go back on up naturally. Then add on top of that, OPEC countries are considering scaling back on the production of oil, which is now the only supply that we have committed to buying from for some reason, because we, we won't free ourselves. And with OPEC cutting back, that means it's going to drive the costs up here even more too. I would predict, unless something sane happens, I would predict that it's going to be a pretty nasty winter as far as energy prices go. Pretty nasty winter. Um, and and there you have it. So when people say, oh, thanks, Joe Biden, we're, we're back down to the 330s, 340s for a, a tank of gas. Oh, it's going back up. Don't you worry about that. Uh, okay, 704, 705. What else do we have? What else do we have? The USS... George Bush, which is apropos, has declared the readiness to engage Russia in war. That was from today. Um, and then, uh, and yeah. Okay, so that's what we're going to do right now is we're going to go to our intro because I want to get into this topic of the debates and some other stuff. That pertains to Jay as well because he's a New Yorker and, of course, he's an American with an opinion. And I just want to have a little bit more of a wide open conversation tonight. We have plenty of amazing nutritional topics, cold and flu season preparation, um, uh, cleanses. Uh, trust me, it's going to be a good one. And but we're going to start with a little something, a topic I would like to address: uh, disableism. We hear a lot about ableism and how how dare you, how dare you, uh, you know, take advantage of the fact that you are a healthy person. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know. A healthy person can't have an opinion now when you're up against, at least in a political sense, a person who's clearly disabled. It's just another way of silencing you, the whole ableism nonsense. Well, we're going to be talking about the privilege of disableism. It's a phenomenon that is only found selectively on the left, of course, where they have made a, a very thriving business, or at least at one time, in turning everybody's insecurities and everybody's um, everybody's disabilities into a uh, a business, so we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Share the show far and wide, no matter where you're watching it, live or on demand. It's going to be a good time. Don't miss out. Oh, I steal things all the time. It's just something I do. I stopped carrying a long time ago. You should see how many supplies. I've taken from this place. Honestly, I love stealing things. I'm gonna get a drink. Do you need me? You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. 
Does anybody else want to stay? Let's night indeed I love the fall I love the fall and welcome here remember ladies and gentlemen you can contribute to the show either through your phone calls if we have time in the second half you'll know very well if that's the case or you can send in your super chats so both uh, both Jay and I can answer your questions where where we can answer them and speculate everywhere else so Thank you for being here, and without further ado, I want to um, I want to welcome Jay Gulinello back to the show. Jay, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Frank. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I, I can't wait to talk about so many things with you, <laughs> but um, boy, oh boy, we are we are in crunch time again. I feel like every time we turn around, there's another big election coming, and um, and and I only say I only say big because. It's not that the stakes get higher and higher. I think that we've been in in uh, we've been in pretty bad bad shape for a long time. But it's more so. I don't know how. I think people are getting more and more volatile. Hmm. Um, it's uh, it's like a fool's errand to really to really even discuss what is what we can what we can trust with our elections anymore. Um, aside from the fact, as I always say, you can trust that people are seeing things for what they are a lot more. But the, the volatility, it's the emotional problem. That's it. Polarization. I mean, I, I think I've been conscious of that since the George W. Bush administration. He was the first, to me, from my consciousness, he was the first president to truly polarize the nation. So that was 2000. Yeah. <laughs> that was 22 years ago. Wow. So, and I think we've been, I know, right? Yeah. And I think that we've been more and more polarized ever since. And lots of people talk about uniting and, you know, that's all just, that's all fantasy. That's all word games to make people feel like voting for you. But um, yeah, it, it's certainly a polarizing time. The last two years have not made it any easier. The media has not helped. So um, I think this is a really, I've never been more excited, let's just say, to voice my opinion loudly at the uh, ruling class of this country. That's one thing that I think is really is really terrific. There's a lot of terrific things happening. Um, but that thing, that is really terrific. I really do believe that a lot more people than ever, than even just two or three years ago, are so much more willing to just let their hair down. <laughs> and uh, w whether they have thought things through or not, I, I, I'd rather see everybody just um, angry and, <laughs> and, 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 and not dejected. Because when everybody just becomes, a, you know, they, they turn all of their confusion and their, their strife and their, uh, their worry inward, you just see people just, I, I'd rather everybody work things out and get messy than just self-destruct and I, I can't stand seeing just the, the sickness and the death and, and, and the, uh, the lack of communication. I'd rather get into a fight than have people, you know, 
giving each other cold shoulders. Burn off some of that energy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I understand the hesitation about voting. I mean, I hear it all the time from people. Uh, but what's the alternative? If, if you don't do anything, then you know who wins. Absolutely. So at least you have an opportunity, again, you know, whether uh, all, all things being equal. You know, I, I, I'm just looking forward to sending a message that's, that, that's clear that, uh, in my opinion, what's been happening over the past two years is unacceptable for this nation. And, and, and hopefully, and, and it seems to be around the globe that uh, the popular revolt is happening in other countries. And um, I really hope it continues here on November 8th. Yeah. I think it will. I think it will in, 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 a, in a great way, too. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about, before we get into other things, here in New York, we had this Lee Zeldin, Kathy Hochul uh, debate last night. I have two clips, though. I watched a lot of it. Um, I watched most of this debate because it, it, afterwards because it was on when I was live last night. But uh, this is obviously, this is the kind of debate that really pertains to New Yorkers. This should be the office that really concerns us the most. Who is your governor? Who's your sheriff? Whatever. Um, but um, the most, I, I would have to say that Lee Zeldin, I mean, just wipe the floor with her. That's an objective thing for me. Wipe the floor with her. Sure, sure there are probably liberals are out there who think that the, the opposite happened. But let's be honest, they have no, really self, no real self-awareness these days. And they're completely detached from what the... Um, the real trends show so I, I i whatever but first of all you could not have cast a better person for new york governor at a time like this than kathy hochel she looks like kurt barlow from salem's lot in a, in a wig <laughs> kurt barlow in a wig the evil just creeps and crawls through her there's nothing she won't say her hatred for pre free people is is seemingly boundless and um i i, I just can't I can't conceive of it anymore. Here she is talking about... Well, here is uh, Lee Zeldin. Wait. Oh, here she is. Uh, Lee Zeldin responding to the question about COVID vaccines, where Hochul was saying that I will not mandate COVID vaccines at this time, which is as comforting as Woodrow Wilson or FDR saying we're not going to go into the wars that we eventually were dragged into, pulled into. But here is uh, Lee Zeldin. To Mr. Zeldin, public school students are required to be vaccinated for everything, from chicken pox to measles. But you've said you will not require COVID vaccines for students, but the CDC is recommending it. Can you explain your thinking? Sure. And where my opponent just said she will not mandate COVID vaccines at this time, let me be clear to all of the parents who are out there. I will not mandate COVID vaccines for your kids ever. I don't believe that there should be COVID vaccine mandates right now for our kids at SUNY and CUNY and community colleges and elsewhere, where just over a year ago, a whole bunch of heroes were turning into zeros, tens of thousands of people because of my opponent's healthcare worker COVID vaccine. What about polio vaccine? Would you I believe that... And I love that he walked right past, because, I, I mean, this is just a New York debate, and even the moderators there are obviously Democrats as well. What about polio? Just walk right past it, Lee. Walk right past the irrelevant polio derailment. They're it's talking a straw man argument. Complete, completely straw man. Yeah. I mean, regardless of what you think about polio and the vaccine, it's not a it's not a newfangled gene therapy that was barely <laughs> tested. It's just ridiculous. 
Would you can I just finish the point? I, I believe that that mandate was wrong and that everyone who has been fired should be offered their jobs back with back pain. There shouldn't be any special celebrity COVID vaccine mandates like what we saw for people who play for the Mets or the Yankees or the Nets. If you want to have a special celebrity exemption, how about the NYPD officers, FDNY, teachers, healthcare workers? I do not support COVID vaccine mandates in any way, shape, or form. You want to deal with a healthcare worker shortage upstate and hospitals having services impacted? Well, then offer the people their jobs back. And by the way, do it with back pay okay now he, he should have been a little <clears throat> bit more clear about why i don't want these things mandated and there's plenty of evidence why yeah i mean there's plenty of evidence why yeah he may not be comfortable speaking on the scientific end but he's i mean he made his position very clear and i want to remind people that are listening in new york i still had my job now i was not a cuomo fan at all but i still had my job when he was governor people forget that it was kathy hochul she was the one who mandated this. That's how I lost my job. That's how we all lost our jobs. So that is, to me, that is the only issue. It was the only issue in 2020. It's the only issue now. Or, or at least it's the most important, I, w I would say, because it, it, it impacts so many people. So, yeah, pe people have to remember, if you're voting for her, then you are voting for a mandate. She's already mandated it once. Yeah. At this time is the perfect caveat to put and say, well, at that time I didn't think I was going to mandate it. You know, but November 9th, that seems like a good day yeah. if I win. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, well and, and here she is about uh, about guns, or Lee, guaranteeing, uh, talking about all of the, uh, what he, his approach to guns would be, because Kathy Hochul said that uh, not, uh, the only thing that has changed in 108 years in this, this, uh, in this state is that Donald Trump became president and they started striking down laws about concealed carry and all that. Well, here's Lee Zeldin speaking a little bit more clean logic to that too real simple question do you agree with the court uh what changes to new york law do you think should be made as a result of the ruling we could start with you mr zeldin yeah uh, very brief new york did have an unconstitutional concealed carry law I mean, listen just a couple of sundays ago i had a gang related drive-by shooting at my own house while my 16 year old daughters were sitting inside i don't know who the shooters were what their gun what the gun was that they used what their motive was but i guarantee you unlike my opponent who put out a tweet a few weeks ago and said that she is calling on american express and mastercard and visa to flag every attempted purchase of a firearm as a suspicious purchase i guarantee the person who opened up his or her gun on my front yard didn't start with a swipe of an American Express card. Instead of going after illegal firearms committed by crime, by criminals, and they're still out on the streets committing additional crimes, what my opponent, who used to be, by the way, when it was politically convenient, an A-rated NRA-endorsed member of Congress, she goes after the law-abiding New Yorkers. So she went so far the next week to pass a new law that was even more unconstitutional than the last law, infringing on First Amendment rights to infringe all over Second Amendment rights. So what's going to happen? Drum roll. It's going to get overturned by the courts, of course, because it's unconstitutional. Horrible drum roll, by the way. He needs to work on his drum roll. That was terrible. Sure. Um, but, I, <laughs> but, you know, um, I, it's, it's, uh, it's true, again. I, I, didn't know, I didn't know that his house was... I mean, yeah. he, he was also the one who was, who was, uh, the, uh, was attempted stabbing at one of his... Um, Somebody had a knife on them. They were yeah. And they it got assaulted or whatever. Right. But, I, it, I, yeah. he's, but see, this is the thing here, uh, Jay, 
in a country, and we could add so many le levels and layers to what is wrong with people right now, because we can take it not only from the polarization politically, we can go into the fact that we are like 5% of the world population that, that consumes 90% of the psychoactive drugs. Right. We can talk about broken homes. We can talk about bad nutrition. We can talk about all the things, all the types of propaganda, the types of propaganda and th that things that just destroy and splinter the soul and the mind of a species that we are living in a time we are living under the yoke of people whose ideas are really causing a lot of distress on the streets and in the homes of everyday people mm. to 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 live inside that time and live inside this country and to say that you are going to make it harder for individuals to be able to defend themselves from a growing mass of highly disturbed drugged out people I mean, that in itself alone, and it's true, nobody, nobody is going out there on the streets and buying a Tech 9 with the, with the square, the square stripe and all that stuff, like they're at a farmer's market and they need to get some cucumbers. <laughs> it, it, that's not what's going on there. Right. They say, oh, these guns are com coming from out of state. Who cares where they're coming from? Yeah. The, the, the issue here is wherever they're, whatever, uh, where, whoever's buying this shit, it's not about finding the state <laughs> that the guns originated in yeah. uh it, it's about it's about what's the criminal mentality behind all this what's the mentality behind this and are you going to allow people to uh safeguard themselves or are you going to make them more vulnerable so that when another tragedy does happen kathy hochel with her vampire beaver teeth can come in and sink them into another something that can uh that she could use as a platform for another bad idea yeah. it's it's a it's a cycle that is so disheartening yeah, I mean, I and I think also, you know, what are the consequences? I believe the guy that had attacked um, Zeldin was released the next day, if I remember correctly. So if you've got no reason to not do something, I mean, I, I mean, it's it's this is the most extreme time that I, that I've ever lived in. I mean, I, I I just can't see any other way around it. So yeah, I mean, I'm. I know who I'm voting for. I know. I have just a personal, there's a personal, I just want to see her lose her job, the way she cost so many other people their jobs. Listen to what she, uh, Zeldin says she st uh, that she still hasn't talked about locking up anybody committing any crimes. Listen to what she says. This, this governor, who still, to this moment, we're not, what are we, halfway through the debate, she still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes. Okay. Anyone who commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change they made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's... Yeah, yeah, the consequences that you get Mets tickets. <laughs> important you. All I know is that we could... This, this governor... I, no, she says... Laws, ...especially with the change they made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important to you. All I... I don't know why that's so important to you. That was amazing. I don't know why that's so important to you. Just you. It's only important to you. Yeah. Wow. It's... Uh, it's it's just unbelievable. I hear this on television too, or when I see clips of CNN, and you know they're they're almost appalled at what the American people find important. You don't find important what we find important. They're allergic. <laughs> the little people. They're allergic to it, man. <laughs> but now um, this, who knows what happens in New York? I think that it'll probably be at least the closest race that they've had in a while. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to when it comes to Pennsylvania, which is really none of our business as New Yorkers, but obviously it's going to affect the makeup of the of the Senate. Uh, although, like I said, it's two liberals debating each other, Oz and this other one, right. whatever. Uh, but this this was probably the most disheartening thing, not because I care about either candidate, like I said. 
but it's so sad to see how we have sunken as a nation um, to this Fetterman guy. He must uh, he must be acting on his own cord to a certain accord uh, to a certain degree because not many people who are in his position don't want to give up public life yeah. uh even though it, it's you know it's it's but if you're a Pennsylvania Democrat party member why did you exploit a damaged man like this Here, that's a good term for it exploitation uh, oh I, we have to talk about that after we we go through a couple of these clips here is John Fetterman uh, asking uh, answering whether or not he's fit to serve and he brings up his doctor he but he calls it doctoral here listen uh, yeah, again, my Dr. L believes that I'm fit to be serving, and that's what I believe is where I'm standing. Okay. It's like it's weird, weird answers like that. Here, now, um, here's another one. Has the Biden administration overspent, and if so, where do you think it should be cut? You have 60 seconds. And then here's a nice little pause. Um, just watch how he tries to process this one. Your opponent has criticized Democratic spending, as you heard. Has the Biden administration overspent? And if so, where do you think spending should be cut? You have 60 seconds. No, here's what I think we have to fight about inflation here right now. That's what we need to fight about inflation, you know, right now because it's a tax on working families, you know. And Dr. Oz can't possibly understand what that is like. You know, he has 10 gigantic mansions. You know, he, we, we must push back against corporate greed. We must make sure that we're also pushing back against price gouging as well, too. You know, we also be able to make... Oh, yes. Price gouging was our problem this whole time. Oh, my make God. Make more in Pennsylvania and make more in America. When he had a choice to make his merchandise, the Oz label is on, he made it all in China. You know, who can you believe that can fight against inflation and pushing back against corporate greed or somebody? Corporate, I feel like this is like an old South, <laughs> South Park. Cor, cor, to, to throw out corporate greed is... Well, Joe Biden beat pharma. I know. I know. He, he beat pharma and then he took his fifth shot. Between the two... <laughs> between the two of them, I mean, I, it's, it's shocking. Jay, in the state of Pennsylvania... We're talking about millions of people. Yeah. In the state of Pennsylvania, they could not find a young, spry man or woman to read this script. I mean, it's not like the ideas get any better if you just find a new face to deliver them. I mean, a great example is the White House press secretary creature. I mean, why with all that time that they had, did they choose to exploit this person? And then again, I I even wonder why is Fetterman's wife down for this? And then I think, okay, well, Jill Biden is doing it. She's doing the same thing with that string bean and diapers that we call Joe. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, maybe it's to the point where they're so arrogant that they feel like we can push anybody on you. That's the only thing I can think. We can do anything we want. We can shuffle anybody up there and put them into a position of power. Because this man is clearly, you know, we, we, I know you want to have that conversation, but it's the same thing with the body positivity movement. If I can't talk to somebody and explain to them that clinical obesity is a serious problem and all the health conditions that can result from it, if you want me to lie to people, um, you know, then I'm not doing my job anymore. And this man is just, he's just unfit to do many things. It is no indictment on him as a person. I don't know much about him, but... He's clearly not able to put sentences or thoughts together in a coherent manner. He's not capable of serving in the U.S. Senate. Anybody, anybody who has not trapped themselves inside a box labeled Democrat should be able to see that. 
Uh, they went after people like, um, what's her name, Andrea Mitchell, and well, I forget who else. Uh, they were just destroying them for merely noticing what was happening. These are We're talking about longtime vets on MSNBC and elsewhere mm. who just had the nerve of calling. And, and like the, the, the View has just been running as much interference as they can. But nobody can, look, like, look at this. Now, he, he was made, this Fetterman guy, was made to comment on his stance on fracking. All right? Uh, what, no matter what you think about this, this is just, uh, you probably have had a stance one way or another, and you've stuck to it. This is so incredible because he's on the record, apparently, in 2018 being vehemently against fracking across the board. And now he's, he's being asked why he's for it two, you know, a couple of years later, three, four years later, and just, this is... Oh, my God. Listen. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking. But there <laughs> is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Oh, uh, I, I, I do support fracking. And I don't, I don't. I support fracking, and I stand, and I do support fracking. Oh, my. Does he support fracking? Jay, <laughs> the, the moderators right there should have said, okay, well, all right, we're going to call the medical staff in now, yeah. and thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you at the polls. That, that, that it should have been over. Given the, there's something wrong, call, actually, the, call actually, the paramedics. I, I feel bad. Me I too. Do. I mean, I can't. Me too. He, you're right. The people around him should know better than this, and and really, the the blame should be placed on them. He 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 clearly needs more therapy. He needs to be able to work through this. A stroke is no joke. Uh, so I I don't know other than to say again. Perhaps it's just simply well. Listen, this is who we have. This is who you're going to vote for. They're that arrogant. I don't. I mean, listen, strokes. All things like this, brain injuries, it doesn't have to, it doesn't require blunt force trauma. No. It happens to, to people, uh, aneurysms, they happen, they come out of nowhere. The, the most people who are seemingly the most healthiest you know can sometimes be debi completely debilitated. Sure. Uh, this, looking at that, frightens me. Yeah. That is uh, outside of the fact. That's outside of, uh, you know, away from what is really going on here. It's like, why are you doing this to the, and why is he doing this to himself? What is going, this is not about making fun of a guy who no. is, because this could happen to any of no, us. No, absolutely not. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I work, this is the, the pushback I get, again, to bring it back to nutrition. I, I get pushback sometimes when I talk about clinical obesity. And I tell people, do you realize that I spend, th this is my job, every day I work with people who are clinically obese, in my day job to try to keep them off of medications, keep them away from the oncoming train. I have more sympathy for this clinical diagnosis than just about anybody. How many people do you work with that are obese? I'm telling you this because they have to have the truth. If you don't have the truth, you can't solve the problem. Mm. If I just keep filling their heads full of nonsense that it's you know about body positivity, you can be as positive about your body as you want. I'm telling you from a biochemical standpoint, there's a problem and we have to get ahead of it. So it's the same thing here. I mean, they're not doing this man any favor. That, do you have the clip where he says goodbye? No. Instead of, yeah. The very first, when they, the introduction, 60 seconds to tell us why you should be a U.S. senator. And he says, good night, everybody. <laughs> and I thought it was a joke, but it wasn't. He can't, oh. find, he can't find the words. So there's a, there's a cognitive. That's just, that's just salutations, basic salutations. Right. 
And, and I mean, you know, if the wiring is is not is not intact, then uh, you know, then I wonder how he's going to serve as a U.S. senator. Well, the, 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 and again, that's the whole point. I I wonder why. Yeah. Why is it when when all you're doing is sending somebody off to be part of a, del- a supposedly deliberative body of 100 members mm-hmm. that uh, I, it, once he gets in, if he were to get in, uh, he doesn't really need to use his brain at all. Yeah. Uh, somebody tells him, uh, John, <laughs> you're voting yes on this, right. no on this, and that's it. Right. He, he, obviously, he's not going to be appointed to lead any debates. Um, so it's it just a matter of why they would do this. And is it just a hubris of, I, what did I say after the 2020 election? Um, after seeing the kind of mechanism, the kind of machinery that they had assembled to go after Donald Trump and make sure he did not get inaugurated again in January of 2021, I said they could have made a three-legged, uh, a, a three-legged cocker spaniel president. Yeah. I, I Maybe it's just that. But I mean, but what's the point? If any, I, I I don't know. You think that you'd want some some competent lieutenants underneath you just to, to is, be able to spin a lie? It's true. It is bizarre. The entire Biden presidential campaign was bizarre. It was like living in two different worlds, watching people stand in circles, you know, essentially from his basement. I mean, uh, I, I, you're right. It's a good point. I I don't really know what the end game is, other than then you have someone. Well, it's actually frightening if you think that a senator can be this. Uh, mentally incapable and still serve because it makes me then question what is the senate even good for and is the senate even in control of anything i'll tell you what it is i'll, I'll bet you any money that this is some kind of a this is a, a built a, a psyop is built into this to because of course they're talking about ableism how dare you talk right. about this right i i bet you any money that this is the beginning or an acceleration of a psyop that makes low functioning low, low functioning people, um, more, their opinions and their presence in a official capacity more sought after than anybody that can ever have a, a coherent thought. Yeah. I bet you any that we are getting so much closer to idiocracy being real. <laughs> it has to be, there has to be that kind of a psyop built into this. There's no other reason why. We're going to come back to Idiocracy a little bit later. I have a little story about that. But that, that movie has become a documentary at this point. Yeah. No, it, it, it is. It's getting there. But, <laughs> but here, so here's the bigger thing I want to bring up. Um, they, they talk about ableism a lot. Um, and it, it was all the, the craze today on the Internet. I was just peeking in on the trending topics, ableism, talking about how uh, you, know, you are an ableist if you take note of a cognitively disabled Senate candidate doing their thing. And then I started thinking about this. Um, it, first of all, it's only a phenomenon you'd ever find on the left where people with physical, mental, and emotional impairments are propelled into leadership roles of society. And of course, they're only ever going to be sock puppets for other people to speak through, but still, disableism is, I think, where we're getting, we're going. Hmm. Um, uh, especially since more and more people are going to present themselves as candidates for one race or another who have been injured by one, uh, med- one medical modality or another. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, and it, it, it's just point of privilege that, again, is selectively awarded to people, uh, like all things on the left. Because if you remember, Donald Trump, he once appeared to, to drag his right foot. I do remember this. He walked, he walked away, he dragged his foot. MSNBC brought in a small army of doctors to <laughs> diagnose him. Take a look, at, and I, then I found this one. I found this one. Here was uh, the, from the intellectualist. 
Headline, Trump appears to be dragging his feet as he walks toward a car. This is what it comes down to. The Cleveland Clinic says foot drop is an underlying condition of the following disorders. Multiple sclerosis, stroke, Alzheimer's, and Parkinson's disease. This is what they were throwing at him because he, he seemed to have dragged his foot. Um, then, uh, then uh, you have to remember this: the CNN coverage of his slip on the, on the on the ramp in West Point. Here's a headline by uh, Chris Saliza, who never never misses out on an opportunity to make a fool of himself. Why Donald Trump's West Point ramp story actually matters. This that mattered, but talking about John Fetterman's apparent inability to speak and put words together is not necessary at all. Or Joe Biden getting lost in his own garden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're clearly, I mean, what this should illustrate to me, regardless of, again, political affiliation, I I tell people all the time, I've been a registered independent my entire life. I will not put myself in a box. That's where they want you. You should be able to be, you, you should have fluidity of thought, be able to look at different people, assess different people, not based on the label that they wear, you know, D or R. But, um, my point was, what was my point? You've been political independent the whole time. Right. Being able to, to, to see Oh, yeah, right. So, so, thank you, Frank. You got it. You're paying attention. So, it, but what this should tell us is that the media cannot be trusted. To be honest, there is, there is not just a two-tier justice system, but the media is not covering stories in any way that is accurate or trying to give information to the people. That's my greatest concern because, again, if I bring that back to what we've all experienced over the past two years, you just look at how selectively they cover things. It's either lies by omission or commission. So that, to me, that's the greatest concern I have. Whether you like Donald Trump, hate Donald Trump, it doesn't matter. You have to be able to objectively look at the situation and say, we are covering things differently, which tells me that the media, and I, I know that we're preaching to the choir here, but the media is not unbiased. And so it's not doing the people a service by informing us. And that is, to me, again, during all of COVID, I kept saying the media is driving this problem. It's an infodemic. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a problem because we can't get real information. I expect politicians to lie. I expect paid off scientists to lie. I've seen it in different fields. I've seen it in nutrition. But when the media is either not telling you something or telling you a blatant lie, where do we go from there? And this is why conversations like this, long-form conversations, shows like yours, this isn't just alternative media. This is the media now. And we need it now more than ever because we don't have anybody a fourth estate. We have no other check to protect the public. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, and, and, but, you know, and, and there comes there comes something else here. Then now we're starting to get into mental health, spiritual health, and then physical health. We're going to do all that tonight. But the level, as I said before, the level of exploitation in this country is the most distressing thing to see. The poor are ex, uh, are exploited the middle class is exploited the even the, the the rich who don't deserve to be villainized they are exploited they are taken they're they're taken and they are stolen from more than anybody else and still they're being we're talking about it's corporate greed it's uh it's classism it's this and that just because some people have made out better than others right. it is all exploitation disability sex it's all pitiful and again dangerous because people who make work of a country in in dissolving it and all you think about people who make work of a country like they're doing right now to us and dividing us on every level um it's obvious they care least about whether 
the country and the people inside of it lives or dies. Yeah. And um, it's kind of like watching a cat play with a mouse before it eats. And so <laughs> I, 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 hate, I hate watching just the exploitation of human beings, and, and that's just what it is across the board. Well, I mean, everything I do in nutrition is to prevent that. You know, everything I, the word I always use is empowerment. You know, I tell people the truth because the truth is all that matters. You can, again, you cannot solve a problem if you don't have the truth. And so, uh, and I think that empowers people, whether they want to hear it or not. A lot of times people don't want to hear the truth. They want to continue making excuses, pretending that everything is fine. But, you know, the truth is kind of funny because it always seems to, you know, creep back into your life, whether it's now, 5, 10, 15 years down the road. So I do feel like it's my duty uh, from a health perspective to introduce people to the truth, whether they're uh, able to hear it now or, again, maybe something I said, you know, long after they've known me will, will sort of resonate. They'll run into it some other place. That's what I feel like my job is, to plant that seed of truth and, and uh, hopefully empower people to make some serious changes. You're doing a good job. Well, I, thank you, you. You're doing a good job because I, I, get, a, I get a lot of emails about even, even how not only the one-on-one -on -one consultation you give people through whatever message uh, system or another that they're able to have an exchange with you on, um, but also just the, the stuff that you publish regularly, your blogs and everything else on the Instagram. It, uh, it hits a lot, of, a lot of topics, a lot of questions people have always wanted clarity on. Um, uh, getting back to a little bit more current events though I want to I just got to ask because I know why you're not working in the hospital system anymore it's the same reason why a lot of people were forced out of their jobs in the last couple of years do you know if the Supreme Court decision means any back pay for you or any kind of uh, aside from the, the the validation you're getting major validation everybody is who who held out but what about that do, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's so new. I haven't even had a chance to look into it. Um, I was a contractor at the hospital, so I don't know if that plays into it anyway, or a city employee. I don't. I haven't looked at the details. I know you said you looked at some of the language. Um, you know, I'll certainly monitor it. I mean, I'm in the end. I th I feel like the work I had to do to figure things out was well worth it. I'm in a much better place now, a place where I can start to really create perpetual health into something that I always wanted to, which may have been more difficult and challenging at a, at a hospital. Plus I had a two hour commute. I mean, it was, it was a, it was a worthwhile job for me affecting people's lives and, and, and being able to work with doctors and nurses and hope that the information I shared with them would filter down to patients was really exciting. You know, I thought naively, I thought, I can change everything from here, mm -hmm. you know, didn't quite work out that way. And then of, of course, you know, as soon as I started to, um, assert my opinion into this extremely controversial topic before it was even a reality. And I don't know if I ever told you this, but the day I was the day that they kicked us out of the hospital for that short period of time, uh, I told my boss at the time, this is about mandatory injections. And he looked at me like I was crazy because this was March of 2020. There wasn't even a, we didn't even know what was really going on, but I just, I just had this thought, like nothing, nothing seems normal about this. Shoving us off. I, 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 I was just in New Rochelle the day before the National Guard showed up. I remember Without that. masks, without anything. It was just, everything just seemed overly, like a, like theatrical. Yeah. And so I don't know, you know, I mean, I, again, I feel conflicted about the whole thing. I, I do want to just sort of give props to everybody who stood their ground because it wasn't an easy thing to do. And I think I said to you off air, I think judges decisions like this are only because enough of us stood up and said no we're not doing this if everybody had just acquiesced then there may have been no reason to have this decision come down so i think it's really important because again truth is what really matters so 
arbitrary and capricious, I think, were the words that the judge used about the mandate. And again, when it comes to elections, to me, you should be voting against anybody that was for lockdowns, shutting down small businesses, and mandating any, any kind of experimental therapy on you, your loved ones, now your children. I mean, this is not anti-science. This is not anti-medicine or even anti-pharma. This is just anti-stupidity. Yeah, I'm, I'm very well said. Very well said, and I think, um, and I, I know what you're saying, because obviously what you and other people have done in this time is taken the opportunity to find a way to do something a little bit more independent and sustainable um, outside of that. Because, yeah, like you said, naively, you know, it's very hard when you have generations upon generations of doctors coming out of these Rockefeller-funded uh, uh, medical schools. Yeah. Or they go through ten to twelve years of of of, of uh, education, of just how learning how to prescribe drugs that are also manufactured by the same companies. It's a very hard thing to get any kind of real homeopathic, all natural uh, modalities to trickle down to their their patients. It would be I, you'd be effectively trying to break their programming, and I'm sure some are pretty pretty. Um, you know, they they try to take a holistic approach to things, but. That's always going to be the primary. They're they're trained to to dispense medicine. Yeah, I mean, I you know I so I probably have more. Um, I had more access to doctors than most people will probably have in their lifetime because I had hundreds of doctors and nurses that were my clients. So I just I really had a good sample size and was able to figure out that no, of course it's not all doctors. Some of my favorite doctors, the people that I miss the most, were the ones you know, and I would test them at the beginning of my time with them, in a way where. I would challenge what I know would be a belief system that they would have for medical school or their training. And um, the ones that I respected most were the ones that asked questions, the ones that pushed back. You know, th those are the ones that were searching for something, which I thought was fantastic. But, but what I learned was that most of them were just selected on their ability to work hard, which there's no doubt they do, and memorize an, an insane amount of raw facts and data. But that, that doesn't make you a critical thinker. That doesn't mean that in times of crisis, you're going to be able to avoid, you know, the amygdala hijack where that primitive brain kicks in and puts you in a permanent fight or flight and it overrides the frontal lobe, which makes it impossible for you to make critical, logical decisions. Or you fall back into that reptilian brain that says, no, I just have to survive. Yeah. And survival is, is falling back on your education or your indoctrination where you're just told what to do. So... There's a, you know, there's a spectrum. I never like to generalize, but I just, I saw a lot of doctors uh, just be happy to go along with the program. They don't want to lose their jobs. And so, and, and I lost a lot of respect for, for instance, you know, the chief medical officer at my hospital who told pregnant women that it was perfectly fine to take this experimental gene therapy without a shred, a shred of evidence. And I had clients. So if you've heard of a side effect, I saw it in my clients. Everything from death, spontaneous abortion, idiopathic hypertension, uh, autoimmune disease development, some woman in, in her 60s, several actually. I saw it all. All within a, you know. With, no, with no prior? No. Okay. And the temporal occurrence between the event and the onset of symptoms was unmistakable. And as soon as I started to bring this up, well. No, okay. So, I'm uh, saying yeah. no more. So, so, I mean, this is, you know, and it, it goes back to truth. Are we looking for truth or are we looking for self-preservation? Are we just looking to get by? Are we just looking to make a paycheck? You know, because uh, I, we're going to get to a point where I'm actually concerned about a lot of those people and how 
when the truth really starts to come out and it start you can you can feel it how are they going to look in the mirror every day because i think about the i think about my client who passed away and i saw her every day and we were working we were doing some amazing things i had all her blood work so i knew how healthy she was and how healthy i was able to uh, i was able to improve her health and she looked at me one day when this all happened and she said to me this she said i'll never forget this she said i trust anthony fauci someone she has never met who I consider essentially a television doctor. He's an actor on television, as far as I'm concerned. He never spouted any real scientific evidence or anything to back up his claims. He was just proclaiming X, Y, or Z. But she trusted a man she didn't know, who the media portrayed in a specific way, rather than me, the person who was in her face every day working on her health, had all of her labs, and simply, you know, and so, and then six weeks later, she was dead. Gosh. So, you know, it's, it's just, um, this is coming undone. But I'm not going to forget this stuff. And, 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 you know, I don't think any of us should. No. And I worry about some of the doctors and nurses who, you know, I worry about the nurse who gave her that injection. She has to know. She, you know? You, I mean, you'd ho- I mean you, you say you hope that she would, not because you want somebody to even have to go and suffer. No, with no. The, with, the, with the conscience, but, but just to know enough that you refuse to keep doing it. Exactly. I need it to inform your next decision. I need you to understand what you did wrong so that when this situation presents itself, you think we're out of the woods yet? Of course not. So you need to learn, again, the truth, because that's the only way forward. And I I think some of these people, I know some of these nurses are good people, but they lied to themselves during this process. Mm. And that was really hard to watch. So, um, yeah, it, it it was bittersweet to see that ruling come down. Because it didn't have to be this way. If we were searching for truth and truly looking to help improve people's health, none of this would have happened. So what I'm telling you is this was never about public health, ever. I don't know what it was about. You know, there's eight, you know, eight million theories out there. But one thing I know for sure, it was never about public health because it never made scientific sense. Yeah. I, I, well, I'm, I'm of the belief it was completely about and remains to be almost completely about depopulation because mm-hmm. um, like I said before we, we don't even know we don't even know how many of what percentage of the children who have just been sauced up in the last couple of years alone are going to be infertile we, we don't even know what, what this is going to do to prevent even a new generation of being born it, it, it's it's uh, obviously everything's gonna be different some people are gonna come out with, uh, with better shape than others but yeah. We don't even know, and the fact that uh, it was a roll of the dice that they felt was necessary yeah. uh, to take, for one reason or another, obviously don't care. Like I said, the cat that plays with the mouse. Right. All right, we're going to take a quick break right here for intermission. We're going to take it five minutes earlier because I have, I want to do a few things with you, Jay. We have this article from the Washington Post about Nutrition uh, Academy processed foods and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That leads me to a few things there. I have an email that was sent in to me about a distressed, uh, from a distressed father whose wife was, um, was, was pressured to, to give their child a, a flu shot um, at, at a, uh, so we'll talk about more informed consent. I want to talk about that a little bit more and also let that open up the door to cold and flu season protocols and things you should have in your your uh, medicine chest in your cupboards things from a nutritional standpoint that will be really good for immune support and um you know some some uh i I would say homeopathic 
treatment options. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then, yeah, there's, there's more, like cleanses and who the hell knows what else happens. <laughs> but we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. We've got Jay Goulinello, based nutritionist, perpetualhealth.co is with us. And uh, we have to talk about the retreat as yeah. well. We better talk fast, Frank. Oh, man. I mean, the, 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 <laughs> I, I know I know a few a few people. I know Linda Love in the chat room. I know she was there because she was talking oh, yeah. talking about the uh, the this video that she was going to make of all the things. She was talking about that in the Discord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she posted it today. It was great. So was great. I, And then she, um, she showed me two pictures from everybody dunking themselves in the, the ice baths. Yeah, I did that, too, for the, for the first time. I had to put my money where my big mouth is. How was that? It's tough. It's tough. I made it. I made seven minutes. I was very proud of myself. I don't. Very, very difficult. Obviously, if I go there, no, and I will. I'll be there next next mm-hmm. fall. I'm going to. I can't bitch out. A hundred percent of people did it, Frank. I was amazed. Everybody. Hundred percent. Even the chefs. They said, "Hey, can we come out and do it?" Yeah. <laughs> Everybody oh, there did. So, it. how cold was the water? So we didn't have a thermometer, but the uh, my friend Jen, who is sort of really experienced at this, she said it was probably in the thirties. And if you see a picture I posted today on my Instagram, you can see chunks of ice floating in the one on, that I'm in. So there is still fresh. We were dumping 50-pound bags of ice into the water, trying to keep it as cold as possible because everybody had to be in there. Rob, Rob would have probably just did a jackknife in there. And oh, yeah. Fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been taking ice-cold showers <laughs> for like three years now. This is probably easier than the shower, I think, because the water is still. It's not beating down on oh, you. My but God. You have no clue. What, you have no clue the painstaking measures I take to slowly slip into a uh, uh, my father-in-law's pool when it's at like 75 yeah. degrees. You just got to get in. I think you're making it worse. It's, oh, I know, but, <laughs> but especially, when, especially when the water, water level starts flirting with your body. Balls. It's yeah. just that's why you just got to go right in. Oh, I just think trust me, Frank. I'm with you on this, but but you'd do it because everyone else was there, and and it was it was actually that that experience was great. Having everybody cheer everybody else on was really fun. It was really fun, and it was a beautiful day too. It was 70 and sunny the day we did it, so it didn't hurt when you got out. The sun was beating down on you. A lot of people pictures of people just laying down on the grass, just sort of soaking up the sun after being cold. It was really, it was really quite an experience. Well, yeah, I can imagine that dichot- that that uh, that before and after contrast therapy. You know, you, yeah, yeah, that's what it's called, yeah. contrast therapy. Yeah, yeah. It's I guess it's like you're on you're on deck uh, in baseball and you put the weights on the bat. <laughs> exactly. So that yeah. you take the weights off <laughs> and you can the bat just, feels a lot lighter. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's terrific. Yeah, that's terrific. Okay, well, we're going to talk more about that on the other end. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, share it far and wide because the nutritional talks that I think everybody should keep uh, at least on a notepad somewhere as we head deeper into fall and winter. I think this is for everybody. So uh, don't go anywhere. We're uh, we're having a nutrition night tonight. Welcome to Intermission. We'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Thank you. 
entering. Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Quite frankly. Let's go, Brandon. Not quite. Quite frankly in Roma, Italia. I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Okay, we're back. A little bit of a divider between one set of conversations and the next, and we got some good places to go with this. I want to bring, and we'll get to the Super Chats um, after the next break, because I don't want to leave any of the vital topics that I had planned for tonight out. And uh, the first thing I want to get to is this this article from the Washington Post that, Jay, I know you know about. Here's the headline. I'll get it up on the screen. Group shaping nutrition policy earned millions from junk food makers. New documents show that the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, a di- dietetic, how do you say that? Dietetics. Dietetics. Yeah. Invested in food stocks and accepted donations from junk food, sugar, and soda makers, and even as, even as it trained the dietitians uh, who teach us how to eat. Now, Jay, the last time you were on, we were talking about uh, we were talking about the absurdity of the the pretty much the new food pyramid, the food compass. Yeah, the food compass. Yeah. Uh, as someone who read this and has been able to digest this, no pun intended. Um, what does this have to do with that, if anything at all? And uh, w- w- what's the most key points from this you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, it's just more of the same. It's it's. I think that if we don't understand by now that institutions themselves are the problem it's not the individual dietitians necessarily especially actually it was a dietitian who sent me this this article that I ended up sending to you so individually we can all make decisions that can help further our education but I think I just want to tell people to be aware of institutional advice because this is so often what I see. And there's another paper that goes right along with the food compass that I'll just briefly talk about that was published in August of 2022 in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences that looked at foods and their and the highest foods in their environmental impact. So you know where this is going. Yep. What they did was they, they paired the environmental impact with the nutritional impact. Using something called the Nutri-Score. Sounds fantastic. (laughs) Uh, They looked at over 57,000 products. And what they found was that the most nutritious foods seemed to be also more environmentally sustainable. So what would those foods, you ask? Crickets. Uh, Yeah. Tofu. It's amazing, actually, that they would get... Now, remember, the food compass was was the thing telling us to eat more Lucky Charms and less eggs and less cheese and less beef. Yeah. So this one says, looking at data from the UK and Ireland, that... uh, Foods that have low environmental impact are foods like sugary beverages, fruits, and breads. Intermediate impact would be many desserts and pastries. And then a high environmental impact would be foods like meat, fish, and cheese. Yeah. 
And so the list that I pulled from, they had this crazy graph, and these are the, these are the foods that are the most, that you would know, be considered. You know what kills me? Well, you know what kills me? We talk about environmental impact. Yeah. We are of the environment. Yes. We belong to that world. We are, we, we are in the same, we are interlinked with the fish yes. and the beef and the plant. I mean, they are food to us as they are food to each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, this is where we're supposed to be. Yeah. How, this, this whole idea of trying to take humanity outside of humanity and keep keep us as observers from the outside looking in where we can't actually enjoy anything around right. us because uh, what uh, it's just so fucking infuriating this is how I talk to a lot of people I tell them you know we have to find our place in the food chain not above it right we, we do we do tend to separate ourselves from nature and so what they want you eating are breads chips onion rings are on that list low environmental impact and nutritious Premium drinks and mixers. You can tell this was from Europe. Lunchbox drinks, fizzy drinks, cola, sports, and energy drinks, which is you know great for people who like monster energy drinks. But if you combine that with the food compass, what you have, I just can't help but think, look, this is exactly what we have with that article that you were just reading. We have, we have these industries that have been captured by corporations. So it's not even capitalism anymore. It's corporatism. That's what it is. The corporations control everything. You think it's just relegated to nutrition? It's pharmaceuticals, it's everything. So again, I don't mean to sow distrust in institutional knowledge, but I'm not sure how much knowledge is in the institutions and how much is, again, coming from, you know, from, from these sort of, uh, these undue influences. I told you last time I was on that 95% of the Dietary Guideline Committee had a conflict of interest with a food or pharmaceutical company, 19 of 20 members. So how are we supposed to believe that we're getting advice that is even remotely in our best interest and not in the interest of General Mills or Kellogg? Or, or, or how Monsanto was able to pretty much write the Monsanto Protection Act. Right. You know, right. I like, mean, we've yeah. known about that for a long time. Absolutely. And if, and if uh, let me just see if I have this really quick. Because if you want to talk about the environmental impact, what I'll tell you is this. Uh, there is, yeah. So I just really quickly off the EPA website, I grabbed, let's just say greenhouse gases are a problem, CO2, all that stuff. I don't believe that, but let's just say that it is. From their website, industry, which also includes the healthcare industry, by the way, is producing 24% of greenhouse gases. Agriculture is only 11%. And animal agriculture, livestock, is only 40% of that. So only 4.4% of the 11 is animal agriculture. But if we follow these diets of Lucky Charms and bread and sports drinks, what are we gonna develop? Chronic disease. Well. JAMA in 2019 said that the health sectors of the U.S., Australia, England, and Canada emit a combined 748 million metric tons of carbon dioxide equivalents annually, and that if the health sectors of these countries were an independent nation, they would rank seventh in the world for greenhouse gas emissions. (laughs) So, if you're not paying for it on the front end, guess what, my friend? You're paying for it on the back end. It's environmentally friendly, according to these people and their greenhouse gas obsession, to be a healthy person. Because it keeps you out of the industry, which is 24% of all greenhouse gas emissions. So no matter how you slice it, they're wrong. The paradigm is wrong. Eating nutritionally dense foods, keeping yourself away from chronic diseases, actually is better for the environment. And how do you do that? You basically eat all the foods they tell you not to eat. Right. 
Yeah, I, 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 that's the that's how I figure out what movies I'm going to watch these days. <laughs> Which one's the critics pan? Whatever gets panned <laughs> by critics, I know is probably worth watching. Yeah, that's a good way to go. So, it, but it sucks to have to. Okay, well, listen, listen, Sonny, listen, uh, little girl. A little lesson for you going into the world is whatever the authorities tell you, you must do. Do the opposite. That's a horrible. That's a horrible. You know, thing you got to learn you, to, to know that that people above you who are speaking on behalf of a, a government a company uh, a health a, I mean a, a health association yeah they don't have your best interest in mind and they are espousing pseudoscience that is going to hurt you so I mean do the opposite that's a horrible foundation it is and I got involved in biochemistry and biology and got a master's degree in science thinking that I was getting involved naively again maybe that's my problem I thought I was getting involved in just a hard discipline N- you know chemical equations facts and figures, atoms, electrons, protons, neutrons. I thought it was going to be truly about the evidence and then developing policy based on that. I, again, super naive now that I now that the door has been cracked and I understand how this works. But the last time I was on here, I have a quick little update for you. I told you about the the how much money we spend in in healthcare in the US in 2018 it was 17.7 trillion yeah. and what percentage of the gross domestic product that represented 3.3%. Well, I found a, a, an update for for 2020. It's not getting better, Frank. In 2020, as of 2020, we spent 4.1 trillion on healthcare. That represents 19.7% of the GDP. 19.7%. It's huge. And now National defense is still increasing as well. So, I just want to give you that little tip. It was 3.3% before. Now it's 3.7%. 3.7% on national defense, 19.7% on health care. Again, I'll say it again. We don't need enemies. We are going to kill ourselves. Well, I think that's the problem. I think I think that uh, the, the military is, is probably trying to mechanize as quickly as possible because they know that they're not going to get any viable soldiers out of, <laughs> out, out of the population. No, Where, no. I, I mean, and, that's, and that's true. That's not even a joke. No. Uh, the, the fitness level, the recruitment is bad. The fitness level of Generation Z is, is really bad. Yeah. And, uh, and that's not even to, to, to knock people who are trying because no. I certainly have never walked into a recruiting office myself. Self, right. But uh, it, 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 it does not, uh, it, it doesn't, uh, it shouldn't dissuade anybody from talking about the real stark realities of our, of our, uh, of our physical conditioning here. It's not, the, no. it's not existing. And your point is spot on in terms of, it's really sad that we have to look at institutions this way, but I'll give you again, just one quick per- personal example, a client that I had in my day job, you know, I worked the back end of an app, I'm the health coach on that app. And, um, somebody was struggling with, uh, low sodium they had low electrolytes <laughs> why do you think that is well because every doctor in the world is telling you to lower your salt intake but she actually tested low which is really hard to do because sodium is incredibly tightly regulated by the body so what do you think a doctor's recommendation would be for somebody with low sodium would it be add some healthy sea salt a full mineral spectrum sea salt in your diet or there are lots of actually great you know concentrates mineral drops or there's a whole bunch of things we could do to get minerals up and everything would be fine what do you think Speaking of, you know, corporate capture, what do you think this doctor's advice was for my client on how to bring up her sodium levels? A Gatorade a day. Oh. A Gatorade a day. Blech. And, you know, so she says to me, well, it looks like I'm going to have to start, you know, consuming a bunch of, you know, sugary beverages again to keep my so-. And I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> We're not going to do this. You know, and I have to be very careful there because I can't 
go against someone's doctor, and nor would I. But I would just, I try to interject as much. I'm constantly educating. Think about this. Do you think that your body right now is, vo- is, is devoid of Gatorade? Do you think you have a Gatorade deficiency that you need one a day? I mean, but this is where, so either the doctor is completely ignorant or they're getting money from Pepsi, who I think makes Gatorade. But it's just, it's outrageous. It's, it's probably just lazy. Oh, I mean, it could be that too. But either way, it's not serving the public anymore. Again, right. I just to- we, we, we spent $4.1 trillion in, in health care in the United States. The doctors aren't doing their job. The dietitians aren't doing their jobs. Chronic disease rates are through the roof. Again, I, 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 oh, it was yesterday. I, I found a, an article from the LA Times in 2011. They predicted 50% of the U.S. adult population would be obese by 2030. Well, Harvard just came out with a, 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 a similar article last year. We're well on our way. 49.7 are supposed to be obese. In, in America by 2030. Things are not getting better. So this is all to say you must, again, remove yourself from the box you put yourself in or that, or that you know, the sort of powers that be want to put you in, you know, thinking that fat is bad and salt is bad and cholesterol is bad and red meat is bad. We did this at the retreat. I tried to break down all of these things to their biochemical level where you can't argue anymore. I took, I took red meat and I showed people how it improves the mitochondria from, from a piece of red meat all the way down to the electrons. So to try to strip away the personal um, belief system, right? I want to show you from a mechanistic standpoint how these foods interact with the body because nobody can argue with the biology. Mm. People try, but, but that's my job to yeah. educate in that way. So that's what we did. And, and the propaganda sticks. I, it I, does. You know, whenever I, when, if it comes up in conversation about sea salt and I tell people that my, my first liter of water in the day has sea salt in it, um, you know, my mother will be like, you're going to get, you're going to have high blood pressure, Frank. No. I'm like, Ma, and, and, and then I, I start to, to say, Mom, no. And then I say, <laughs> never mind. What am I going to, what am, what am I going to do? I, it's just me. Now, you would have a little bit more, you'd be able to, uh, you know, you know, open up the fire, fire hose and just hose everybody down with, with information that they would, ne- oh, okay, well, I don't know all about all that. That's what you would get after a while, but still. Which is why you have to be careful. Like you, you always talk about this when you, when it comes to red pilling people, right? It's a, it's a, you have to walk a very specific path yeah because you can easily overwhelm somebody who has thought something completely different their entire lives yeah and and, and, yeah that's why you give i don't know i i don't try to assume too much you definitely don't go to the craziest thing that you can think of (laughs) no when i say crazy i don't mean it's not it's not true right 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 i mean you don't go to the the end game you don't put a you know you you nail the, the the big the yeah. the big enemy on the wall say this is who's doing it and this is what they right. and, and you know start going to nine eleven and everything you don't like, get all your red strings and the mosaic on the yeah. wall and you start <laughs> so listen let's 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 start the spider graph yeah let's just start in one place and you need first we do need to do is break your trust in this in the institution you got to show where you got to show where everybody's interests kind of overlap and converge where everybody's in the same the same groups and they go to the same schools and they take the same oaths and that's why I thought that Washington Post article was important it's a mainstream source and they're telling you the American Academy of Dietitians has major conflicts of interest it doesn't mean that they can't give good advice but what it means is you should take everything that they say <laughs> with a grain of full mineral spectrum sea salt I, you know speaking <laughs> of speaking of just food process, processed food in general I was talking about because you know, especially over the summer, 
I would say maybe twice a month or so, June, July. Every once in a while, I would go and pick myself up a classic chicken sandwich from Popeye's. I, 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 I loved, used to love, their spicy classic chicken sandwich. Don't judge me, okay? I know exactly what's going through your mind. Not at all. You sick bastard. Not at all. So I, I'm, <laughs> so I would go there every once in a while. I'd pick up one of these chicken sandwiches. And then all of a sudden... It was like maybe early, early August or something like that. Before I left for South Carolina, uh, I noticed, I said, there's just something wrong with it. I, something I could not get past anymore that I started picking up little by little over the course of the summer with my occasional chicken sandwiches. And uh, it was that the quality of the meat that used to be so lean and juicy and succulent with a nice crispy out, it, it was done so well, it was starting to be tough and mm. had these fatty deposits and it was just gross there was something just felt gross about it mm. and i feel like i mean obviously that's from a, a a fast food restaurant pretty much they could be labeled fast food i guess and um but the the, the quality of food is really taking a dip across across the country and i brought this up here too my, my buddy wintrell he got in touch with me last uh, yet today on twitter and he said, you made me laugh out loud yesterday. You spoke about something wrong about Popeye's chicken. The wife identified the quality two weeks ago when we picked up a family pack. Quote, she said, the chicken pieces were so small, some of the meat looked very black. The breast pieces that w they were huge are now micro small. The flavor even changed. They threw away multiple pieces because of the quality. So it's so funny that your complaint is talking about this here at home in San Diego, whereas I noticed it in New York. Right. And... Um, I think it's a great, it's at least a great um, indicator of how those corporate interests, even in food that used to have us against the wall, they have nothing to offer us anymore. No. That there's so much more of a reason to go and, uh, and to embark on some local journeys with who's producing food locally. Um, as you were saying before, the, 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 the berries, the fruit, Things that are not in season, you can tell that they're not in season right. compared to what you can grow yourselves or what a farmer near you is growing. I mean, uh, the fact that Popeyes can produce the same product for somebody in New York and San Diego, and it's all shit. Right. Oh, man. It's like... Whoa. And that's important to corporations. Their whole business model, like hotels, similar, right? It, it must look the same, taste the same, feel the same, no matter where you are in the world, which is completely unnatural but I would and so but putting that aside because I don't know about the quality of the food I mean I'm sure it was never super high quality and maybe they're now cutting corners because of a lot of reasons yeah but I will also say that when you start really fine-tuning your nutrition and you have been buying food from local farms one thing that I see a lot I experienced myself and and countless uh, anecdotes from people is that when you start eating really high quality food you start to notice the difference between the food you're eating and low quality food, your tastes actually change. So there, it could be, it's probably a combination of the two things. You know, now you're used to some really high quality uh, animal products and yeah. the, the, the sort of lower standard, you know, restaurant stuff just, it's not the same anymore. No, it's so, not. Yeah. It's not. It's a uh, good sign too, because it, it can inform decision-making. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think more people who, uh, you know, for example, me being able to, um, put that out there on my show here in New York 
and somebody who might have had the same suspicions yeah. somewhere in Wisconsin or in Ohio or San Diego, like, ah, oh, wait a second. No, no, <laughs> I know about this. And all of a sudden, you know, it, 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 that's why I like radio. Anyway, uh, now I want to get on to, to, to cold and flu. To do this, though, Jay, I want to read you another email that came my way that should also kick open the door about informed consent and flu shots and everything. This is from this is from Trev. Trev said, hey, Frank, I wanted to share a little something with you and hoping that you would encourage your audience to be more prepared when the time comes for them. My wife, who is a young first-time mother, don't worry, I'm also young, uh, took our eight-month-old son to the doctor last week with a bad rash on his head down to his torso. She took him thinking that they would prescribe him a cream so he could start the healing process. My wife calls me crying after she left the office and just kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I told her to take a deep breath and tell me what had happened. She told me that after our son was prescribed his cream, the doctor walked back into the room with a flu vaccine in hand and told my wife that he needed to be vaccinated for the flu because it's almost flu season. My wife and I had many discussions about vaccines in general, so she knew where we both stood on them. Completely stunned and feeling backed into a corner, my wife gave consent for the vaccine. She's a strong woman, but in that moment, she was weak and she felt so small. I was not angry with her one bit, but I was furious at the doctor. He went in for a rash and left with an injection of who knows what. Long story short, I called them anonymously, told them what they were doing was disgusting and backing mothers into a corner to shove an injection into a baby's body was something only an evil person would do. They obviously did not take that well, but I didn't care. My wife knows now what to expect when walking into a doctor's office, but so many other mothers are going to have to face the same thing this flu season. I humbly ask that you would please give a little heads up on your show to all the young families that listen to you. Uh, we were unprepared, and I failed as a husband for not warning my wife. I didn't even think about it. I don't want another mother and father to deal with that nonsense. Much love, Frank Trev. And I was sorry to hear that because... I mean, Lauren and I, in dealing with our pediatrician, who thankfully, around for we we were we really lucked out in finding her, and even though she is very supportive of the full, almost the full vaccine schedule that is recommended by the CDC, she is also staunchly pro informed consent. And if you say no, she's not going to take the the Bible out, you know, the 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 CDC Bible and start thumping it. So I, we're very. We're very uh, happy with how patient she's been with us. Mm -hmm. um, but it'll be interesting to see how she reacts with the CDC schedule potentially changing in a very significant way next year. Uh, it, it would be interesting. But yeah. then again, the other thing that is on our side is she knows that we're homeschooling and she's not going to be rolling around on any uh, carpets with, you know, 30 other, you know, right. filthy children. <laughs> but um, I, this, as far as the, that feeling bum rushed, being the the peasant civilian who is now staring down a doctor who knows better who's been through all the schools who thinks that you you even in your hesitation or it's just a, a knuckle dragging moron for even dragging this out um that right there what do you what, what any what, what do you what thoughts go through your head on that so many especially uh, with the flu shot in particular yeah so next time i would love to bring some data from the flu shots i think it would be very enlightening for your audience um i call it flu shot season not flu season but uh i had a similar experience and i i really i feel lucky because i had spent 
so many years researching and then again you know formal education and getting a master's degree uh made me able to withstand that kind of pressure so i f i truly feel that story because i know how uh doctors can come across to people so what i would say is um this is why i do what i do educate yourself as much as you can so that you feel some level of empowerment going into a situation like that even you're never going to have as much training as the doctor that's not your job you have another job you're raising a child you have another vocation potentially that's you're never going to be stop trying to be as smart as a doctor stop using facts and figures but at least inform yourself to some degree and know what you're getting into i had that same thing happen to me very early on this was before i had any education i was trying a dietary intervention that did something very interesting to my blood lipids now my doctor was supposedly you know i he had no problem with me i was like his star patient he was preventative medicine and i use that very loosely because uh it turned out that that wasn't the case it was just a term that he used um so i threw my own blood lipids off by experimenting with increasing my fat intake which does happen for hyper responders sometimes now that i know so much more a decade later but at the time frank he got my labs, called me at home, and literally berated me over the phone. I mean, I was astonished that a doctor would speak to anybody that way. Because of your lipids? Yes. What did he say? Like, what did he say? He said, I told him, oh, well, this was because I did a dietary intervention. And he accused me of being on drugs. He actually said, uh, I'll never forget this. He said, you're, it's like a, it's like I'm looking at the labs of a completely different person. It's not possible for these labs to change so much just by shoving bacon into your face. That's exactly those were his exact words, and I very calmly said, "Well, we're going to have to agree to disagree." And I fired him. And that was the sort of the beginning of everything for me. That was my origin story. I don't think I've ever actually told you that. No. That was my that was my origin story. That's how, you know, I became the Wolverine of nutrition. You know, that, that <laughs> that's how I. I realized, wow, first of all, I knew I was right in terms of I, meaning that the dietary, not that whether that was good or bad, but that the dietary intervention had created the change in blood labs. And he said that was not possible. So I knew he was wrong. So I had that moment of clarity where I was like, wow, he's wrong. <laughs> so what else is he wrong about? And that, Frank, sent me down the rabbit hole that leads me here today in your studio. It's, it's, it's kind of, when I think about it now, it gives me chills. And I think about that poor woman who, you know, the, the doctor should know better. He should, ha there should be some kind of ethics, whether he believes it or not. You know, I mean, there's just, I mean, he, the woman must have had a look on her face. I'm sure, I'm sure she wasn't feeling all super confident about this. If she called her husband in, almost in tears, you know? Oh, I know, I know. I it, mean, so she must have been portraying that. And a doctor should be sensitive enough and aware enough that this is probably not the right time. Is the baby going to die of the flu if I don't give them a flu shot? No. So pack up your medical ethics. You know, I mean, I just, this stuff, you know. <laughs> I know. It's funny, when Rich Barris was on the show on Monday, he was getting all fired up about other pollsters. This is how I get about healthcare practitioners who don't practice healthcare. I, you know, I, I and I and I understand this, and I read that article, and I, you know, I, sh I or read that email, and I just shook my head, not because oh, how could she do this? Because I understand completely. Yes. it's an uncomfortable position to be in, because even with Lauren and I in the same room with a with a uh, a healthcare uh, provider, mm -hmm. um, it, it's it's you know, it takes uh, 
you know, it's good for two people to lean on each other to yeah. find that strength and just being, yeah. no, no we're, we're good. You know, especially when Aurora was born, right. those two days spent in, in the hot or two or three days spent in the hospital when it's uh, vitamin K, uh, uh, hepatitis B, uh, all, you know, the eye ointment, all that stuff, the, just to get the hell out. Like the, the <laughs> nurses, the nurses thought I was... They probably thought I, I ha and that's the thing there, because you want to be diplomatic, you want to be stern, but diplomatic, because right. if you're stern and assholeish or standoffish, then all of a sudden they start looking at you as a belligerent. Yeah. And, it, and, and when you're in that situation, you realize that your number one priority is to get your family out of the hospital safely. I mean, that's why, that's why I was like, um, I, I know that after Lauren gave birth, most people, especially back like in the, in the 80s, when when you and I were born, I, my mother told me she spent three days in the hospital. Like you get pampered back then. <laughs> you got pampered for yeah. three days. You're, you're fed food, you're chilling out, you have, you know, now they want you in and I wanted to be out of the hospital like the day that Lauren gave birth. Uh, I mean, and I know that that's not feasible. She's got to relax. Things yeah. have got to settle down. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I was telling some of the doctors, I said, well, uh, so we can go home you know, tomorrow? I said, no, no, no. <laughs> and, and they're like, I think you guys should stay here. They probably thought I was some kind of like a controlling husband. But the only thing I was thinking of is I just want to be home with yeah. the baby and, and Lauren and go from there because it's... every day it was something else. You just don't know about what the hell. I mean, you have to trust that the people in the nursery are not doing anything or you know there's some zealots out there who don't what what they yeah. that, that that kid doesn't have any eye ointment on well I, we're gonna take care of that <laughs> he's fucking you know it's, it's uh, sad it's it to your point earlier we 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 need to we need to break some of these institutions down so that we can build them back up into what they were intended to be and and that's why i tell people listen my whole job that's why I do less one-on-ones, but I do more education. I want people to be informed and educated so they can go into a room with someone who clearly knows more than them, but still stand their ground and leave, you know, in whatever condition they want to leave in. Vaccinated, unvaccinated, vitamin K'd, unvitamin K'd, whatever it is you feel, you have the right to choose. So make that choice and stand your ground. And my goal is to just give you as much information as you can it's like cramming for a test listen all you need is these three points this is what you're going to bring up about the flu shot you know and then you're out that's that that's that's what i would tell somebody in that situation unfortunately for that couple you know the time has passed i'm sure it's going to be just fine it's not going to be a problem but you know in general that's my advice just try to get a few facts in order keep them in your head use them get out yes um and and i know that next time you come back maybe you'll have some uh some some numbers on the flu shot yes but i can tell you from my nurse friends and i've gotten this from more than a couple of them and they don't work together they say frank from what i have seen if 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 50 percent is the probability of it preventing the if it's even 50 percent effective i would be surprised they all they i've been getting that for years yeah i've read several cochran reviews that said it's 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 virtually useless Anyway, uh, so then let's talk about cold and flu season in general before we take a really quick break. Um, we got protocols. We got, I, I mean, I, we talk about protocols in place. We've got before, when we start feeling it, when, we, when we're in the middle of it. When we approach cold and flu season, 
what do you what would you always say are good places to start for people to just have in their medicine cabinet in their cupboards of course for you somebody in your position food is medicine but then there are vitamins minerals there's supplements there are things that you can do in a uh you know when you need a little bit of a boost Mm -hmm. where do we where do we start for cold and flu season so i i you asked me this question before i picked four things four things that would be outside of the norm you know most people know about you know they take vitamin c or whatever and that's fine i i kind of wanted to give the audience something a little bit different that i think that i have always on hand and that i think is critically important because when it comes to especially viral infection the earlier the better so if you know your body and you know that moment where everyone's a little different that moment that you start to feel the tickle in your throat or the stuffy nose or you know run down whatever it is that you know about your body yeah you just know that the moment like something's something's off off. yeah that's the moment you have to catch it if you're ordering it off of amazon or, or saying well tomorrow morning i'll get up and i'll go to the drugstore it may be too late the timing is so critical. By the way, this is also how you can take a fantastic supplement that is incredibly efficacious at viral replication, uh, and you can make it look ineffective in a study by giving it too late. Right. So that's extremely important. I won't go into any more detail, hydroxychloroquine, right. but that's how you can make something less effective. <laughs> Vitamin I. Right, right. <laughs> so so the, 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 the four things that I have on hand all the time, one would be, uh, this specific zinc acetate lozenge, I don't know if you can see it. Yes, I, that's the one you told me to get. Yes, so the bottles change, it's all blue now. Um, and if you go to my Instagram page, I wrote a, a, a whole protocol, it's right on the highlights. So just click on zinc protocol. I put six studies on there and I explain the protocol on the front page. It's specifically this lozenge, so this is not trying to increase serum zinc levels. That's fine to do. This is for acute therapy. And the whole point is that um, acetate binds more loosely to the zinc ion and the lozenge is big enough that it stays in the nasopharynx for a long period of time and you want those zinc ions roaming around in that area because that's where viral replication happens. Mm-hmm. So the moment you feel that, you always have to have these on hand because the moment you feel that, you want to pop one of those. So this is about actually having zinc uh, in the area where the virus yes. is. So that's why the lozenge right there exactly. going up. The, okay. And that's why the if you've got yours, I don't know if you've opened it yet, but the lozenge is huge. They're huge. Yeah. It, yeah Lauren Lauren was taking them. She she was feeling a little crummy. Yeah. Uh, again, probably took it a little bit too late. Yeah. Yeah. But, you got, uh, it's, it's right away, and it's huge because you want to be able to suck on it for about twenty to thirty minutes. That's that that's the period of time in the studies that seems that with zinc ions in the nasopharynx for that period of time that's where viral uh, replication is inhibited. Mm-hmm. So that's one, gotta have that. The other thing I use in conjunction with that is a 10% povidone iodine solution. Dr. McCullough talks about this a lot, um, and that leads into the third thing, which is a neti pot. So you dilute about, uh, let's see, I wrote it down, a half a teaspoon of 10% povidone iodine with about two ounces of water. Uh, pour that in the, in the neti pot through the nasopharynx. The, nothing has ever been shown to be resistant to iodine, bacteria, viral, fungal, anything. So anything that's going on in there, iodine will take care of. Damn. So that's a fantastic I, thing to do. You I should have it learn. all the time. I yeah. want to learn how to use that neti pot, man. Yeah. It's trial and error. <laughs> I've had a few people try it and you you know, it can definitely go down the back of your throat. It's all about like the angle and you just got to work on it. I use it from years ago, so I kind of learned how to do it. Um, if the if the solution stings, it's probably just not diluted enough. It's not going to hurt you, but it's just not diluted enough. Um, so that's the zinc acetate, the povidone iodine, the neti pot, and then just simply uh, a tea that I have had from years as a musician and a singer on the road. It's made by a company called Traditional Medicinals. It's called Throat Coat. 
I got the, this is the, the slippery elm. Yes, slippery I, elm I, I licorice. This. Yeah, it is. Um, it has saved me so many times, uh, and it's just a great. T- if you like licorice, it has a licorice taste. So if you don't like licorice, you're not going to love it. But it's the slippery elm is fantastic. You can also get slippery elm lozenges. So I didn't put that on the list, but. But uh, I used to, Fair, I think, was the company that makes a slippery elm lozenge, which is really nice for the throat. It just sort of helps build up some mucus and helps with that dry feeling that you get sometimes when you're sick. Um, The slippery elm tea, I just steep it for about 15 minutes. If you want to put a little bit of honey in it, you can, or you can just drink it the way it is. And that is fantastic. It'll, uh, it's actually great for someone who uses their voice for a living. So it's something you might want to have in the studio. You can just sip on throughout the course of a, of, of a broadcast, especially in the winter. I'm going to be having it more in the winter. I've got a couple of boxes at home now. Yeah, it's great. I mean, super inexpensive. So, I mean, all of these things are incredibly inexpensive. I don't even think if you bought all four of those, you probably wouldn't even spend $25. Hmm. I mean, the zinc is like 10, the Povidone and iodine maybe is 10. Okay, so maybe you would, I guess the neti pot might be 10. So maybe you'd spend $30 or something. But it's incredibly inexpensive. And um, this, I'm telling you, so I, I, other than taking care of your microbiome and having your nutrition in order and sweating on a regular basis, which you know can lead us into talking about detoxing, um, these kinds of things will keep you healthy, but on the, on the off chance that you run into something, like I you know, use the Povidone iodine if I am on a plane when I come back. I will just run it through, even if I don't feel anything. There's no harm, no foul. You just kind of run that through as a preventative measure. If you're in maybe, if you're at a, a Christmas party, right? We're in, coming into the holiday season. Yeah. If you're gonna be around a whole bunch of people you haven't been around in the past, you're getting exposed to all kinds of new things. Your immune system is amazing at taking care of this. Usually it doesn't need any help, right? Think about all the people we run into. If every time we ran into somebody, we, we caught something, we'd be perpetually sick. Yeah. It's not the case. It's only when, where our immune system, you know, this is terrain theory, when our immune system is sort of depressed or we're under stress, um, we're in situations where the immune system isn't functioning optimally, we're nutrient deficient, that's when we can get sort of hijacked. And those are the times where I would pop the zinc or use the povidone iodine. Usually I will do them both if it's, if it's really bad and have had a ton of success with it and, and I've had lots of people using it. And this is, this is great. I, I, I'm, um, I, I had a couple other things that were thrown at me too, but with Dr. McCullough talking about the povidone iodine, I remember that he was talking about if you, you don't have that, you can just use the, the that university study that came out about the Exlear spray. It's a uh, oh okay. It's like grapeseed or I, I forget what the hell it yeah. is. Anyway, they're saying they're using that against the uh, the mm-hmm. the CV and the COVID. Nineteen eighty four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're using it. They said you know two to three. Two to three washes, th- yeah. th- three to four sprays in the nose, three to four times a day, as well as gargling with even like a 99.9% Listerine, whatever mm-hmm. the hell it was, yeah. it went a huge way of just being a, when you're sick and to prevent. Yeah. I mean, like when I went on all of our vacations over the last couple of years, when this stuff was going on in the background, we had, we brought all of our uh, our nasal sprays, our zincs, our quercetin, we just stayed on top of it. Um, but you know, every once in a while, it just, it breaks through and uh, you you want to have something there to to know to at least lessen the time that you're laid up. Um, this will do that for sure. The earlier, the better. So, like I said, get go get it now. Have it in your cabinet. You know, again, the zinc is ten bucks. If it ends up expiring because you don't use it for a couple of years, you don't go through the whole bottle. Congratulations. That means you didn't get sick a whole bunch. So it's worth the ten dollar investment. Well, the other thing there too is I had. Uh, well, you and I have spoken about bone broth before. We were, I think, one of the first or second times that you were on. It was probably around November where we were talking about um, c- 
colds and and things like that why is it that you know is it just a sentimental thing to hear about to to think about grandma's chicken soup that made us feel better when we were when we were younger or what the hell molecularly chemically mm. about the the broth is actually a medicine we talked about that before yeah yeah um not but but Things like echinacea and golden seal. I know that's something that has natural antibacterial and antiviral properties, but again, something you need to take as soon as you feel. Yes. Echinacea has some really good studies. I actually, in my final course, in my final botanical medicine course, uh, one of our projects was to, we had to do a book on botanicals and what they're used for. And echinacea was one of the herbs that I chose. Similar thing, you, you, you have to give it early and often is the bottom line on that one. It has to be early, it has to be often, otherwise it really doesn't show much in the way of efficacy. So like all of these, again, because you're, you're trying to, in terms of viruses, you're trying to stop viral replication early on. And uh, so any, the earlier in the infection process you can go, the better. So pay attention to your body, don't put it off till the next day, have the stuff on hand so that you can uh, intervene as quick as possible. I had somebody also remind me recently when I, because I, I worked through the last cold I had two weeks ago, and there's only one day I took off, and that's because it finally made the, the tickle and the congestion made its way down to my chest, and I, I just couldn't come in here and be coughing the whole time. Yeah. So I had already felt pretty good at that point, but the cough had started. Um, but somebody reminded me, Frank, you, you, you put garlic cloves, you know, little pieces of garlic cloves on your back molars and just let every once in a while just kind of like squeeze the juices out and let the garlic juice drip down the back of your throat. Is it, I he- and I've heard that my whole life, that it, it, it's extremely powerful, especially it would burning out sore throats and when you feel that coming on. Garlic. Garlic has, actually, there's a, a couple of fantastic herbal antibiotics. Oregano oil and garlic are two antimicrobials. So that's why they work, similar to coconut oil. Mm. So uh, when I, if I tell somebody, if, if I want to try an antibiotic on somebody, if they have a, a you know, a, a gut dysbiosis, we want to knock these out, but we don't want to use a pharmaceutical antibiotic, which is essentially a nuclear bomb, you know, kills everything. Um, garlic is one of the, is one of the, um, uh, the molecules that's present in that herbal antibiotic, um, and it's it's very potent. Uh, I've seen some studies again back to that botanical medicine class that showed garlic, oregano. These things actually worked just as well as over the, uh, not over the counter as well as pharmaceutical. Uh, I'm blanking on the name, but there's a, there's a really popular SIBO treatment begins with an R. I can't remember the name, but uh, very interesting clinical study that showed these herbal antibiotics were just as powerful as these pharmaceutical antibiotics for knocking out small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So they're no joke. Yeah. I think the problem with me is Rifaximin. That, that was it. Rifaximin. I knew it was going to come. Well, I, <laughs> hey, whenever the, my, my biggest issue with all this stuff is, you know, I, I've got it. I've got my protocols down. Now I have the zinc lozenges and things like that and whatever. But, uh, and I have to learn how to use this neti pot, but but the biggest problem for me, and I'm sure ever, a lot of other people feel this way, is that when I'm when I'm feeling lousy, even if it's a cold, not just like a, a flu or a fever, I don't want to eat anything. So if I don't want to eat anything and I can't bring myself to eat anything, there's no way I can take all these vitamins or else I'm going to throw the hell up. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, that's the hardest part it, in knowing what you got to do, having the stuff to do it, but just saying, 
fuck it, let me die. You know, it just that feeling. Do it while the will is strong, Frank. I, I know. That's why we got we got to get it early. Exactly. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll be right back because I want to talk quickly uh, about some about the cleanses and the you know the things that we hear about what is necessary to detox and lung and organ cleanses. We'll talk about that. Uh, we have 20 minutes left of the show. Before we go to a really quick break, I just want to let you all know, ladies and gentlemen, on quitefrankly.tv in 20 minutes at 9 o'clock when we get off here, um, Rabbit Hole Wednesday commences. And I just got this from Abe, our producer and program director tonight. Rabbit Hole Wednesday will be a bit delayed tonight, maybe an hour, so it may not be starting until about 9.45-ish Eastern Time, but look for notifications because we will be doing a spooky movie showcase, including and starting with The Treehouse of Terror from Simpsons Episode 1, followed by two spooky movies, The, the Devil's Advocate and Baghead for the Late Night, only on quite... Fr- oh, wow, Devil's Advocate is on tonight. That is... That's some. It's a good in, movie. Well, that's some intention. <laughs> I haven't watched that one in a couple of, in yeah. in years. That one is, holy shit. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I guess they're going. It, it's the the twenty sixth of October. We got to soak it up. It's the last <laughs> few days. It's gonna be a spooky weekend. So that's what you got going on tonight. Look out for your notifications, not only on Foxhole but on Telegram and on Discord, because we'll be. We'll be tagging everybody there, too, so you know when things are about to get started. All right, we'll be right back. Max, can you pretend like you're Morgan Freeman coming to kill me? (laughs) Please, please, please please do that. I can smell you. (laughs) I'm creeping around right now. You just can't see me as I've evolved in visibility. Although I might have a measly shiv, it is quite effective when applied to the jugular. (laughs) My face is probably bright red and I'm crying. (laughs) Oh, God. God. Frankly, listen live or download it and take it with you wherever you go while you're driving, walking, working, or fucking dirty dog. For all things, go to quitefrankly.tv. You like what you see? Become a sponsor. Quite Frankly streams live weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern wherever you get your podcasts. So, for everything, it's quitefrankly.tv. Uh, Igor, would you give me a hand with the bags? Certainly. You take the blonde and I'll take the one in the tavern. (laughs) Stop that. I'm talking about the luggage. Yes, master. Ladies, this way. It's going to be a long night. If you need any help with the girls, please don't hesitate. I want to say, first of all, I want to uh, shout out John D'Souza. 
I just saw John. Maybe he's not there still, but uh, John D'Souza was in the YouTube chat room for a little while there. Wow. Uh, yeah, John is going to be on uh, on the show on Friday. So we're going to be talking about his uh, paranormal investigations and the work that he just completed with the new Missing 411. It's been a long time since he's been on, and really interesting guy, and I love him as a guest, and it's great to see him hanging out with us in the off time. Mm-hmm. So, All right, okay, so here's the last bit of... Uh, the bit I want to do with you before we do our super chats and hightail it, uh, Jay. We did fo- cold and flu season, um, but the other thing there too that people do every once in a while, maybe once a year in one some respect, is some uh, periodic cleanses. Now I have over the years tried numbers of cle- I never gone all in on a colon cleanse because it just scares the shit out of me. Um, it really the, the whole idea. Does that mean it's effective? I know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just yeah, yeah. I didn't even have to take it. I was scared. It all came out. Wow, this thing is great. It was great. Works fast. But I, um, it, you know, you you see all these things. You see the diagrams of what comes out of people. Intestinal plaque. It looks like bro- broccoli rob. And I, I don't know if it was what the. It, it, but you see so many things over the years. Um, but especially like different types of cleanses for specific organs. I remember once I got a cleanse kit from some doctor or another i don't know where I, I was in college when i bought it and it had inside of this this case there was there was capsules and there was tinctures things that uh, drops and capsules and drinks one is for your lungs one is for your liver one's for your colon i never did it right uh, obviously but what should we know about cl- cleanses I mean, you know, you, you had to see an individual, hey, this one is going to cleanse your kidneys. Mm. I, When I had some alopecia in my beard about five or six years ago, I was doing a lot of th- I got this cinnamon oil I was putting in topically, but also I started drinking uh, for at least a period of two weeks at a time, two weeks on, two weeks off, I was having milk thistle tea at night which was, it's supposed to be a detox for the liver and all that stuff. Yes. So when you're battling autoimmune, they say, try milk thistle. And it did, I mean, in the time that I was doing that stuff, it was it worked and my, my beard came back and everything was fine. Um, I hated the milk thistle tea. It almost tasted like I was steeping cardboard. There's no taste to it whatsoever. You can get milk thistle in, in uh, capsules too, which is, which is another way to take them. I've taken them before. They're actually incredibly good for the liver. They can help regenerate liver cell uh, tissue. Um, I use them to bring down uh, liver enzymes. I had a blood test at one point that had some elevated liver enzymes. The milk thistle took care of that. So, so the big there's there are so many directions we could go, but I'll try to keep it to the basics. The most of the cleanses that you'll find are a lot more marketing than they are actually. I mean, we have the most exquisite organ for detoxification. It's the liver. So our liver detoxifies substances in essentially three phases the third phase is elimination so before i even talk about the first two phases i'll say the thing that is missing from most cleanses is one you need to remove exposure hepatic uh toxin clearance is contingent on exposure how much time then in the cell is actually the 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 toxic byproduct is being transformed and then how it's excreted. So that's how toxic clearance is measured. So you have to be able to remove whatever you're being exposed to. Otherwise, you're just constantly shoving toxins into the system. So 
the cleanses that I see people do, they're constantly doing because they're never removing what's going on, which is this is why we buy organic foods. This is why we do the things that we do. We don't want to suck on the end of a tailpipe because these xenobiotics, these things that can impair bodily functions, the liver has to process. The other thing is elimination. You should never get involved into a detox program if you don't have elimination pathways open. Because think about it, if you're liberating toxins that are stored in adipose tissue or wherever, and you don't have the ability to move your bowels or you're constipated, you're not drinking enough water, you're not urinating, and you're not either exercising or saunaing, saunaing, I guess that's a thing, uh, sweating. Sweating. To be able to remove toxins, it's it's the feces, urine, and sweat. That's how we remove toxins. So just think of it, at least in the bigger picture of those two ends. You've got to remove the incoming, and you've got to make sure the pathway is clear for the outgoing. That's essentially phase three detox. The liver uses phase one and phase two. If you look up the liver, you'll find these two phases. One, it uses, uh, in phase one, it uses these enzymes called P450, cytochrome P450 enzymes. In phase two, it uses a whole bunch of different processes. So your question may be, well, okay, if that's the case, then how do I support phase one? And how do I support phase two? Because we want these phases running in concert because the, the things that pass through phase one often can be turned into more toxic metabolites in order to be transformed then into something that's more water soluble. Is that why people have what they call cleansing crises? Yes. Where, where they start feeling like they're incredibly sick? Yes. That's called a Herxheimer reaction. And it's, it's a sign that you're detoxing too fast. Okay. Um, I mean, it can be the sign of just general, if you're, if you have a lot going on, you just may have to deal with that. But a lot of times it's a sign of, of detoxing too fast or one of the pathways being blocked. So all different xenobiotics take different pathways out of the body. So that's what's really interesting. You know, caffeine goes through the cytochrome P450 enzymes. But what I want to get across to people is, and this is the part that's almost never talked about, the things that support phase one would be B vitamins, fat-soluble vitamins like A and E, uh, minerals like zinc, magnesium, selenium. All of these things are found in high bioavailable quantities in animal protein in animal products. Phase two, there are multiple pathways. So we have things like glycine conjugation, uh, glutathione conjugation, methylation, uh, glucuronidation. These are all other processes that receive uh, metabolites from phase one, and they then transform them to either be sent out in the bile, you know, in the feces, or urinated out. That's how the body works. What supports these pathways? So if, if we look at something like glycine conjugation, foods that are high in glycine, collagen protein, turkey, pork, chicken, eggs. Glutathione. Glutathione is the body's master antioxidant, right? When you think antioxidant, what do you think? You think fruits and vegetables, right? Antioxidants. The body's master antioxidant is three amino acids, cysteine, glycine, and glutamine. Those are from protein. So a protein-rich diet will help aid in glutathione conjugation. Sulfation is another phase two doxification process. Sulfur-containing amino acids like cysteine, methionine, taurine. So what I'm trying to say is that a whole food diet will support both the P450s in phase one and will also support all of the processes in phase two, which is super cool because no one ever tells you that protein is an essential part of detoxification. In fact, most, prote uh, most uh, detoxes and cleanses are just juiced fruits and vegetables which are totally void of protein mm. and not to mention you know a lot of them are really just i mean they're they're sugary you're, you're removing a lot of the nutrients you're getting some nutrients and i'm not i'm not saying that you that you can't benefit at all from them but i see a lot of them spike people's blood sugar which is not good 
because that's not really something you want to do when you're trying to detox. I can't, I can't see a scenario where elevated insulin and glucose levels in the blood are going to be, are going to aid the body in detoxification. So this is just a massive topic and the complex, it's so complex. I wanted to try to sort of nutshell it for people, but the most important things you can do are vitamins and minerals and amino acids. Those are the most important things. And then foods that can help promote bile flow. So healthy fats, which again, most of the time when you're talking about detox cleanses, they're not including healthy fats in there. They're mostly juiced fruits and vegetables. Is that, is that why you, um, you brought it up once before, we, but we haven't gone into the actual regimenting, uh, regimentation of this, but you talk about bone broth cleanses. Yeah. I have to imagine that there's a lot more fat content in that. Absolutely, yeah. And there's, and there's collagen protein and there's minerals and there's vitamins. So that's, you know, bone broth has a lot of benefits because it's, it is that warm liquid. It is, it is that sort of comfort food, but it also has some actually, you know, some potent nutrients that actually help. Now, you know, support phase one and phase two liver detoxification, which Mm. is amazing. So again, it's, it, what it all comes down to for me is if you're eating a proper human diet, right? A PhD, you might not necessarily need to be constantly worrying about detox. Now, if you've been exposed to something, um, yeah, I mean, there may be a time and a place for a targeted cleanse or a detox, but the vast majority of things that you see marketed by celebrities or celebrity doctors or whatever, there are just a lot of marketing. And I've even, you know, fasting is one of the great, I know I always bring it up, but fasting is an amazing way to cellular detox. Autophagy, mitophagy, cleaning up, damaged proteins, allowing them to be ripped apart, recycled into their individual amino acids and reutilized by the body in the way it sees fit. That's what fasting does. Mm. So proper human diet, periods of fasting. Um, yeah, bone broth is another great one, but all those nutrients that support phase two, it's amazing how they never get talked about, but amino acids, which come from protein are incredibly important in detoxification. You know, uh, the one thing you, this is, here's another topic that we can talk about um, and another topic that would probably never be able to be on YouTube, but if we ever went into the, the long history of all of at least alleged, claimed, and suppressed cancer uh, treatment. I knew you were going to go there. Can't, I mean, because it, cancer is, is huge. And I remember, um, I remember uh, in when I was, I was interviewing doctors back in the day, doctors like Dr. Nick Gonzalez, who was treating and uh, successfully treating things like pancreatic cancer with, with, um, through, uh, I forget, it was, it was, he was describing it as a, there were some supplements there, all natural. It was all whole foods, but also coffee enemas and things like that. And he had had some, and he was trained Western medicine. Yeah. And he was another one who just saw things, I, I want out of this. Yeah. And he had a practice in New York. He's dead now. But um, there was this other guy, Dr. Bernardo. He's another one that's dead too. And Dr. Bernardo was part, uh, was, he stood by the, uh, the pH diets. And, um, you know, bringing people alkaline and, mm-hmm. and in pretty much taking on patients who had been said to were to say that were, were goners everywhere else. So he took on people who were just said we don't want anything. And he would talk about just pH. So I want I want to we got to talk about pH one day because yeah. I what ha, what he was describing. And the reason why I bring this up is because you're talking about the ability to pass things. How um, 
those who are going through these types of detoxes and we're trying to treat one ailment or another with pH um, in, in trying to fight off acidosis in the body, which is, uh, you say, you know, aside from a tumor that may grow so big physically that's blocking an airway, it's usually the acidosis that takes you down. Um, that's that, that's their, you know, what he, what he was saying. Yeah. Um, but that the body retains this acid and that in, in test, testing your urine in the morning, uh, you you need to make sure that you know, if your if your your urine is basic, that you're you're retaining things that need to get on out, and that it's good to have this uh, to to see that you're acidic in your urine and also uh, neutral in your saliva. That's when you know that things are properly washing its way out of the body. Now all this stuff is controversial. Even those in alternative medicine and um, and homeopathic medicine will look at one person or another and say, no, I knew them. They were a quack. I knew this one. They had some good ideas. <clears throat> but as far as pH in general, that's something that comes up all the time with mm -hmm. those who are working in more alternative modalities for any type of um, any kind of illness or condition. So uh, we got to talk about that yeah, because yeah. that's a big part of what we're passing out. Sure. And I mean, in, in cancer in general, yeah, the, the pH thing is a whole big rabbit hole, some of which I believe has validity, some of which I don't. So yeah, like you said, there's a lot of difference of opinion. The body is incredibly good at regulating pH and pH is different at ver in various places in the body, for instance, the small intestine compared to the stomach. So these are things that have to be considered. There's not just one pH, which the argument that I get into with, with people is that, that they, they think that there is just sort of one pH and that's not true. So um, yeah, and, and in terms of cancer in general, you look at someone at Boston College like Thomas Seafried, who is beside himself. He's treating glioblastomas, which are some of the most aggressive cancers. He's treating them with ketogenic therapy and hyperbaric oxygen and he's having massive success. And he can't understand why the rest of his field won't pay attention to what he's doing. And it's simply because the entire field is built on the genetic uh, form of cancer. Cancer is a genetic disease. We just have to figure out the genes and then we'll figure it out. And he's saying, no, we've known since the early 1900s, Otto Warburg, cancer is a metabolic disease. So yes, there is acidosis plays a role. Uh, cancer cells uh, feed off of glucose. Uh, they also feed off of, uh, they don't like an oxygen rich environment. Uh, so, you know, there are, and that, that's how he, you know, that's how he manages his therapy and he has amazing success. You should go look. I was just listening to a lecture of his the other day. He's amazing. Um, Thomas Seafried in Boston at Boston College. Um, he's doing some really amazing things. And I, I'll tell you right now, if, if I ever found out uh, that I had cancer, those are probably the first two things I would do. I mean, I, I generally eat a lower carbohydrate diet anyway, but I don't concern myself too much with carbohydrates because they can be very healthy from whole food sources and I'm very active. But if I was managing a disease like cancer, I would go strict ketogenic and I would probably start doing hyperbaric oxygen. Wow. Those are probably the first two things that I would do. Okay. Well, see, this is going to be a big, um, this is going to be a big, a big topic. Yeah. And like I said, it'll, it'll be off of several platforms, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I like to try to keep you on YouTube as much as I can. Uh, you know, whatever <laughs> the, the, the way the wind is blowing, like, I as I said, every, every day above ground over there is, I, I don't know how I've gotten, I've managed, yeah. but, um, I, the, and the only reason why I bring this up at the tail end is because it's a, the, the, the cleansing it has a, it, it ties right into cleansing. Yeah. Uh, what are you cleansing for? What are you trying to reset your body? What do you, wh how are you trying to, to, um, how are you trying to help your, or I would say encourage your body to right a wrong? Yeah. You know, and I, uh, like, it, like I said, a door for another day. Yeah, absolutely. It goes right into the things I, the, 
you know, I, I'm totally open-minded. I always say, if you haven't learned something over the last two years about yourself or the world around you or medicine or something, you're, you're not doing it right. You're not doing life right. You should have learned something new over the last two years, given everything we've seen. So my mind is firmly open in the open position. So I'm happy to go down those rabbit holes with you. You know what we, what we forgot to do? We forgot to talk about the, the fucking retreat. <laughs> Well, Frank, I mean... Well, we have a, we have a we, whole year until the next one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll just say that your audience is fantastic. We had several people from the, frankly, crew there. And, um, you know, the, the, the best part for me was the very beginning because it was super scary. It had all been philosophical up to this point until the moment I saw two people walking to the door with their bags. And I realized, they're, holy shit, they're here. they're here. Is it too late to back out? <laughs> you know, these people have actually decided they're going to spend a weekend because they value what I have to say. So that was, that was strange. As much as I, you know, it's, it's like it's a conversation between you and I here, right? It's hard to think about it in those other terms. And so um, I hope that the people that were there got a lot out of it. I know that you'll be there next year and we should make big plans because I really do think it's going to go from rags to riches. You know, it's, it's, it was beautiful that it was a small group, a very intimate group. Everybody got along and said at one point I saw every combination of different people walking and talking with each other, which doesn't, which doesn't happen if you try to force it. It was completely organic. The, the, the fact that I would just see two people that didn't know each other before just walking and talking on the beach, having a long conversation about, I don't know what. But at almost every point in the weekend, I saw different people, different um, machinations of, of people talking. And it was just amazing. And the feedback we got was incredible. You know, I kept thinking, you know, just don't screw this up, Jay. Just don't screw this up, you know? Uh, but it was really unique, a, a great opportunity for people to learn some things, but also to experience some things. And I hope, I hope that people took away, you know, a lot out of it. And if they're interested, I, I put a quick poll on Instagram about next year. I said Martha's Vineyard or somewhere in northern New England, like New Hampshire, Vermont, where we'll ultimately be. So if you want to answer that poll, we just wanted to get some feedback. And um, I think it's going to be northern New England. It seems to be winning right now. But if you guys want to go to Martha's Vineyard, you better get in there and vote. So uh, Well, hey, I, 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 any chance I can go to either Vermont or New Hampshire to ha have a good time, that would be great. <clears throat> it yeah. really would be. And um, I know about the, the, the ice baths, and I heard that, there, <laughs> the, I heard that the, gourmet, the food was oh. so amazing. I underplayed the food, Frank. I, should, I, I said this to the chef, Nick was his name. I said, uh, you know, I should have probably touted. I didn't know how good it was going to be. I didn't even know. And I'll tell you something else. Every single person there at some point said to me either about an experience or a food that they weren't so sure. And the funniest story I can tell you is the very end, I, I was recapping with people and I said, and you tried heart, you tried liver, you tried beef tongue, and, and then it was all done. And then someone raised their hand and they said, excuse me, when did I try beef tongue? <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that was the beauty of it, right, was that they didn't even know. This chef was amazing, in, and I said, you know, we're going to take some pictures, and we're going we're gonna to highlight his skills, because um, to have that kind of nutrient-dense food over the weekend and have everybody enjoy everything. I mean, it was just watching mealtime was one of my greatest pleasures to watch people enjoying the foods I talk about all the time mm. in a way that they would never think. If I told them, I want you to, we're going to make some pig heart, and then we're going to have some tongue in the, in the hash with the eggs, and people would be like, what are you, crazy? But they ate it, and they loved it. Everybody did. 
So it was just an amazing experience. I hope people had a great time. I hope people had as good a time as, as I did, honestly. I, you know, I, from everything I saw, and just, like I said, the only feedback I got from people who were there, uh, if somebody other than Linda Love wants to let me know how they liked it. <laughs> Linda. And, had, and, and it's been great. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine it was anything else. The only one, th the one thing I, I just think about and I laugh is the, the, uh, the contrast between what you guys were doing and what we were doing up in the mountains. You guys were had taking the ice baths and you were having this gorgeous gourmet food with the, the the beef liver and everything is just you're talking about health and here and here we were here we were in the mountains somewhere and we were uh, I don't know eating like uh, meatball and donut sandwiches <laughs> it was just you know just the cinnamon the cinnamon uh, the brown sugar cinnamon donuts and oh my gosh well let me tell you I mean even the the last day's breakfast was amazing I think there were banana pancakes and there were I mean so people didn't feel like I don't think they felt like they were eating healthy uh, but they were and that was probably the coolest part is that people looked at me astonished I'd never thought I would like that I never thought I would try something like that so um, so next year you know you can plan your family vacation around uh, the perpetual health retreat so that we can make Make sure you get all those nourishing foods before you go off eating uh, uh, donut sandwiches. <laughs> I know. It, it's serious. It's serious. Okay, so listen. We, we're at 9.02, but I, I have to do these super chats. Oh, jeez. So let's run right through. But okay. good, the good thing is that, quite frankly, TV is not starting exactly at 9, so okay. we have a little bit of time here. You're okay with that? No, oh, I'm totally fine. All right. Albert Frederick says, uh, even though uh, my last hour of eating starts right now. Sorry, Frank. I have to go home. And I'll give you permission to expand the window. I can expand the window because yeah. I was just going to throw a, a ribeye on, onto the, the grill. And you can always expand the window for a ribeye. Okay, yeah. great. Albert Frederick says, ask Jay about MMS, chlorine dioxide. Oh, boy. Now you, you, oh, we, I gave this to you as one of those things to look into. Uh -huh. um, this is another one of those things where we have to do it on a night that we drop off of YouTube. Yeah, I can't even believe you said the word. I know. <laughs> it's, it's that ridiculous. It is that ridiculous. Yeah, well, I would love to talk about it because I've tried it. Okay, so... so, so yeah, I don't, I don't tell anybody to do anything I haven't tried. Okay. So I mixed it. I put on my chemistry hat, I mixed it, made it, I've taken it for a few months. I stopped taking it recently because I started experimenting with something else, but yeah, well, let's talk about it. I have to imagine it's hard for you to, to gain any kind of knowledge on stuff because you don't have anything really chronic or acute that you're fighting. Exactly. So we're trying it on a few other people and with some positive results. So Okay. Well, there you go, Albert. That is coming. Uh, that is forthcoming. Yes. Uh, Silky Johnson says, Frank, I'm around the same age as you and haven't been lucky to find a good woman and start my own family. When I hear you and others talk about... Uh, their family and the love that pours out it warms my heart and makes me excited to hopefully have the same silky let me just tell you whatever you do put yourself in a position where you are doing things that you love things that make you excited and it and, and gets you out of the house and doing those things elsewhere whether you're just 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 keep that 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 perfectly genuine feeling inside and go out there and live your life with nothing but excitement wherever you can generate it. And eventually, I don't know how the hell it happens, but you will find yourself in the same place as someone else who is on a parallel path to you. And it won't be anything that even takes any effort. You know, there's a lot of people who are just digging around and they're trying to make something happen. And I, I think if you just pay sufficient attention to to just enjoying life, you will eventually um, just energies. You, you, it's it'll be like a magnet. I and I'm uh, and I'm I'm 
I'm wishing nothing but the best for you, my friend. Uh, Dooku Dan says, Hi, Frank and Jay. I have celiac. I have suspicions that I, I developed it in my 30s due to genetically modified Monsanto wheat. Hmm. Could this have been the case, uh, the cause? No one else in my family has celiac. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, certainly genetic predispositions, but I have a genetic predisposition to celiac. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that we don't fully understand the impact of genetically modified foods. Glyphosate is particularly... Uh, you know, if, even if the genetically modified organisms aren't the problem, what we the reason we create them is so we can use things like glyphosate on them, and that wreaks havoc on the gut. There's a lot of great research out there. Um, the the upside with with celiac, if there is an upside, is that you know you really basically have to go wheat grain free for your whole life. Now I don't have celiac, but I choose to go that way because I just feel better. So. Hopefully you've gotten to that point where you've removed those things from the diet and you're relatively symptom free. Yeah. Um, so I'd, ha I'd have a little to, bit of a, you know, I'd have take to imagine that going out into the world with something like celiac, it's just like, you know, for example, oh, okay, well, at least you know what you can't handle. Just go from there. Um, well, it's one thing, like you said, where it's a dietary choice is another thing where if God forbid <clears throat> Yeah. Someone doesn't disclose something, all of a sudden you're laid up for days yep. and you have a flare up like anybody who has an allergy to, you know, peanuts or, you know, what, what are, are, is this cooked anywhere near the fish or yeah. what, you know, that's just something where it's, oh, there's no doubt. And, and, and that, that's why gut, gut health is very important because even with celiac, a healthy gut can help mitigate symptoms at least. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's no, all the things that I talk about here, they still apply to someone with celiac. Still really focus on nutrient-dense foods, fermented foods, things that the gut can handle and that the gut can utilize because the healthier the gut, generally speaking, the less symptomatic you will be. Obviously, you, you won't necessarily be able to get back to eating those foods, but like you said, on the off chance that you go out somewhere and something is cooked too close to something, you can mitigate that potential um, disaster. That's good. Um, that's good to hear. I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll see what, what else we can drum up with that topic here's someone one from uh, justin from yes cacao who is on the affiliates page wonderful not only gifts for yourself but others in this holiday season he says feeling right at home in this conversation sending love from cuckooville california <laughs> uh, question for jay are you familiar with the root cause protocol a bit i have not read the book um what the hell is it uh, in a nutshell uh, so from what I gather, uh, written by somebody named, I think, Morley Robbins, Morley Robbins, I think, um, they, they, they talk about a lot of things. One of the big ones, I think, is copper deficiency being at the root of a lot of things. The, the only issue I have with some of these protocols is that they tend to myopically focus on one nutrient. So I think they're big on copper, and I think they're also big on not supplementing with vitamin D. Uh, if, if I could have that wrong, but I believe it's one of the two or both. Um, so... A lot of good information in there, but I think they get a little bit too myopically focused on, on, on just copper because copper is a mineral that must be in balance. Not everything is a copper deficiency. So if I, if I remember correctly, that's what root, protocol, root cause protocol is. Um, I just haven't read the book yet. Okay. Uh, Commitube is the next one up. Uh, I, I love your show so much that I pee into Gatorade bottles whilst watching so I don't miss anything. And then I drink it afterwards to help prevent hair loss. That's uh, a, it's a reference to last night's show. Uh, <laughs> does Jay have any insight on this? Does does drinking urine bring back your hair? You have a great hairline. Um, I don't have a hairline like yours. 
But uh, does does urine? Oh, forget about urine. Is there anything that actually does help stimulate new hair growth where it was once lost? You know, I've been I've been doing a little bit of research on colostrum, which is the first milk uh, from from a mammal. Uh, it's the milk within the first like twenty four to forty eight hours. Yep. Um, there's some interesting research on that. Uh, so let's just say to be continued because this was a question that somebody had asked and then I started researching for something else and then I came across this and and, uh, and a friend I went to school with was having some success as a female in her later years with hair growth and she's been doing it for about eight weeks now so let's just say to be continued and I think I might rather drink urine from a Gatorade bottle than Gatorade from a Gatorade <laughs> bottle <laughs> especially if it's your own yeah 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 I mean yeah especially <laughs> if it's your own urine then why the hell not Okay, let's see here. Um, going on over to the next one. I'm trying to zip through these. One Way Mail says, Hey, Frank, I just made organic whole chicken in my first cast iron Dutch oven. Uh, delish, by the way. Nice. I'm going to simmer a north simmer a north tomorrow. My question, what's a simmer a north? I don't know. I'm going to simmer a north tomorrow. Could it be a misspelling? A simmer a, n- a north. A north tomorrow. Okay. Uh, my question for Jay is: There are is there a noodle that I could add to a chicken soup that oh, is nutritious? Man, I'm gonna blank on the name. Look up something called Miracle Noodle. I think it's made from the cognac root. And I'm really reaching back for this. Uh, yes. So I I believe, and they make it in like rice, angel hair pasta. Yeah, it comes from a, a root called the cognac root. Um, and I believe it goes under the brand name Miracle Noodle. I've tried it in the past. Um, just make sure you read the instructions on how to prepare. You have to dry it first and everything. But um, they can be they can be pretty good. I've 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 used them in place of pasta in the past. I see this miraclenoodle.com. Yeah. Not to give them a free plug or yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. It was the only one I could think of. It's it's a cognac root. Grain. It, it says grain free, yep. made from cognac plant. There you or, go. It, it, that's how you say it. Cognac. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. It's K O N J A C. Yeah. Cognac plant eaten in Asia for over a thousand years. There you go. Uh, low carb, only one gram net carb per serving, yep. and it's recipe ready. The perfect healthier carrier for your favorite sauce or ours. There you go. Try it. All right. <clears throat> well, there you have it. Um, Miguel Z says, uh, let's see here. Um, is the guest Jay Gulanello the rapper e- Eamon, the rapper Eamon from Jedi Mind Tricks? If not, uh, they are twins. Also, interesting <laughs> episode. Great show, Frank. Love you. love you and the Franklies. Can we do a side-by-side next time I'm on? Yeah, I, I got to get them out. I don't know who that is. Jedi Mind Tricks? <laughs> I haven't listened to them in a long time. Uh, Stow Stubes says, uh, Frank and Jay, great Wednesday night. Love, I, it's it's, uh, it's a great night. I and mean, this is your first Wednesday. Yeah. You've done a bunch of Thursdays. Yeah. You've done one or two Fridays. You're usually the last day before a, ba- holiday a, a major holiday. Holiday. Yeah. <laughs> a holiday or vacation. I'm the holiday stand fill-in guest, like the fourth hour of InfoWars. You, you were actually, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. Uh, let's see here. Hello, Kitty. Thank you so much, Kitty. No no message, but I know what she meant. She loves us. Delona55, my brother passed away yesterday due to cancer. He was 57. Very, very sorry to hear this, Delona. A Navy vet, he loved fit to fish. He wanted to encourage people to join their local VFW or DAV. Uh, they're collapsing due to lack of support, and the lo- uh, and and that loses veterans' voices in government. Oh, I'm Delona. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I had a. Uh, I got to. I'll, I'll talk about it either t- 
tomorrow or whenever, but I just had another death in my family tomorrow, uh, tonight, uh, this this morning. Well, we learned about it this morning, and it's uh, very, very bad. And I, um, it's just hard to see this, and I, I get these num these messages, and I learn a lot about people who I never met, but used to watch the show or are related closely to those who do the watch the show, and and I I really do feel, I do feel a lot of your your hurt, and uh, I wish that there's there's more I can do to to help you guys feel better, and but that right there, supporting and joining local VFWs. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Are we always me as a as a musician, as a uh, heavy metal musician, we would go and we would find all the VFWs we could to put on shows. Yeah. Not necessarily even for the vets. It's just that we knew that they would give us the space. Yeah, the hall, yeah. We, they would give us the <laughs> hall. They usually have a little bit of a uh, of a platform. If they didn't have a stage, doesn't matter. We'll bring our own PA and we would ju we just wanted to find places to play because there's no places to play. So we would bring the crowd, we'd bring the musicians, we'd put the whole thing up, we'd bring the security, the PA, and we'd give them the proceeds. Yeah. You know, just, you know, so things like that, um, anything. Crestmont Bear, let's see, says, Hi, Frank, I'm on the, the, the show with Gillis regarding fluoride. Don't forget you can... Uh, absorb that shit through bathing as well. Personally, I distill my drinking water and limit my shower time. Also, I encourage a uh, I incur I encounter I encountered encountered a being when younger. How should I share? Go to the Whoa. spooky stories thread on quitefrankly.tv in the forum. All those spooky stories that I've been collecting over the last few weeks. That is going to be for Halloween night. So go ahead and do that. We'll be here live on the air next Monday or this upcoming Monday. Uh, Cressmont also says, when I was in the Marine Corps and was going to Iraq, I told the Lord, you know my heart and it is yours. If I die, it is yours. Uh, it, it is your will and I accept that. I walked away without a scratch despite so many of uh, so many close calls. We must remember uh, Isaiah fifty four seventeen. Hmm. Thank you for that, Cressmont, and I can't wait to read the rest of your stories that you put into the um, the uh, the forum there. And Gina Cuddy says, thanks for everything, Frank. Oh, Gina, it's so good to th see you here, and thank you. This is very, very nice of you. And uh, Gina, I, I spoke with Gina a little bit in email after last night's show with Tyler from Secret Nature CBD, and um, I'd like to get her directly in touch with Tyler, and I'm going to work on that after the, after the show for sure. Thank you so much, Gina, and, and God bless you too. Um, Yes. Oh, hold on. This is from last night. I didn't see this. Miss Dean. Miss Dean says, could you please give my son Coulter a frankly birthday shout out? He'll be turning 27 on the 26th. That's today. Mm. He's much like you and Matt. Uh, you'll bet you'll you would be great friends. I'm sure of that he's responsible for my quite frankly addiction. I love him for it. <laughs> oh, Miss Dean and Coulter. Uh, well, I hope Coulter calls in one day. 27. Man, just that's a that's that's a a great great milestone oh, right there, especially in rock and roll. If you just, <laughs> in rock and roll, if you if you survive twenty seven, that's a good thing. Yeah, you got to get past it. Yeah. You got to get past it. Yeah. So you were right there. You're knocking on the door. You're walking through. And good <laughs> on you, my friend. Uh, get in touch with the show. Love to hear you call in one night. Uh, apparently, we would be great friends. So <laughs> don't let that go pass us by. All right. Well. Um, on the Rockfin, uh, everybody's hanging out, having a good time. Over on Rumble, we're almost done here. 
Citizen Chuck says, whenever I think about the U.S. Senate, I recall the scene from Star Wars when Obi-Wan Kenobi was overlooking Mos Eisley and said, you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> Good reference. Great reference. Absolutely. And over on Foxhole, which we're about to pass ourselves over to for the rest of the night, CB Joey says, hey, Frank, passing out, but I wanted to say hi to my future self tomorrow when I listen to the replay. <laughs> Hello, future me. That's, a, that's the first time, Jay, anybody's ever, ever done that. That's, that's great. great. <laughs> that's awesome. That is clever. And here's Linda Love says, um, I was told that the host and guest would be shirtless tonight. Ha ha. The perpetual health retreat was amazing. <laughs> You didn't get enough of that in the retreat for me in the cold tank? I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say. It's not, it's not the, you know, it's not even just shirtless, but in ice water. It's October. I know. <laughs> uh, NJSF says very few want to take ownership of their destiny and own consequences or admit having being fooled. That is true. Yes. Boys Blanc, thank you. And an empress bitch to you says, as usual, excellent show tonight, Frank. I appreciate you all so much. Uh, just remember, stay over there on QuiteFrankly.tv and the rest of tonight's uh, uh, programming, which is going to be pretty spooky, pretty awesome, is going to be starting within the next half hour. So uh, do that. Jay, thanks for everything tonight, man. Yeah, of course. Perhe PerpetualHealth.co. At this point, you have anything big coming up people should look out for or just keep in touch with you on social yeah, media? Yeah, keep in touch on Instagram. I'm obviously super active there. That's just PerpetualHealthCO. And then the website, go and subscribe. We don't spam you, but we let you know when important things are happening. The next thing that will be coming up will be the announcement for the retreat next October. And the goal is to have it rolling by the holidays. So if somebody wanted to give it as a gift for the holiday season, you know, give a ticket to the retreat, um, we want to have that up by, by Christmas is the goal right now. So so I guess that's what, like eight weeks away or something like oh, that? Oh, and, that, and that's, that's for next year. For next year. Yeah, we want to have the wow. announcement now because, you know, people, people from the other side of the world said they wanted to come. They just needed more warning. And I thought we gave them enough, but apparently not. So this time we're going to have it ready to go by the end of 2022 for 2023. So be looking out for that at Perpetual Health CO or Perpetual Health Co. That's it. That's all we have for you tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, we got a great guest coming up tomorrow night as well. I believe that is Brooks Agnew. So we're going into science. We're going deep into science land. Not that tonight was devoid of science, <laughs> of course, but we're talking about Antarctica, UFOs, and uh, sustainable energy, and whatever the hell else pops up. I also have a lot of a lot of updates updates and add-ons from previous shows this week i cannot wait to get around to tomorrow um it's in the opening I'll, i'm thinking i'm going to bring brooks on for the second hour so i will see you guys soon thanks again jay and tomorrow is another day see you on quite frankly.tv and become a sponsor go to sponsor us on quite frankly.tv and just become a one dollar a month it it, it it will make a world of difference thank you guys and gals i will see you soon I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. Now our super chatters, starting with Albert Frederick, Silky Johnson, Dooku Dan, Yes Cacao, Commie Tube, One Way Mel, Miguel Z, Stostube, Hello Kitty, Delona 55, Crestmont Bear, Gina Cuddy, and Miss Dean. Thank you guys on Rumble. Thank you guys on Theta, on YouTube, on DLive, on Twitch. Oh, well, who else? 
What else? Rockfin. Can't forget them. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a wonderful evening.